It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Martin had a wife, he loved all his life. 
one in his grave. It was fun any weekday night when Jews lied that they's right. He pissed on damn Kai claims. And the wigger chap with the shop, them stupid fucking louts. That Pope Marty done hits that what he aims. Markin had a wife, he loved all his life. For grandkids, they are so brave. This joy and dog caught his eye, and fish off bug lies, and puddings off Babylon in his grave. <laughs> It was on any weekday night when the pastor is at home talking to Christ's family tree. When along come dirty Jew and a zogling wigger or two, making days ass whooping necessary. Marching had a wife, he loved all his life. For grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying dog part of I and fishing off dog wise and putting dog Babylon in its grave. <laughs> Well, the ass clowns hold these breath when they hear a pastor's death. They wonder why he don't fucking lie. It was dirty pisser possum and all the Satan's manders that want to take him down on the fly. Marching had a wife, he loved all his wife. Poor grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying dog caught his eye, and fishing off dog wise, and putting dog Babylon in his grave. Zogling, Winger, and Man's Ass Clowns across the road. Now, Zog, Brian here in the open air, Coast Coast. That house we call Zog Mab on the third and final. But this show, as always, is aimed at the lost and found sheep of the house of Israel. You chosen seed of Israel's race. Ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. This is episode number 300 of between twice that many and 700, more or less. Uh, don't know exactly how many, uh, during the first iteration of the movement turned, why, uh, you know, that Brian Real and Eli James, you know, took down, you know, mainly Brian Real, but Eli James helped here. And folks, I was staying up last night to answer, to answer to, uh, Brian Real's bogus lawsuit in, uh, what, Lake County, you know, Lake County, Ohio Court of Common Pleas. 
you know, little critters saying the same damn thing, same damn things here. They set the federal lawsuit, and essentially, I have to answer that. I have to answer to that. Now, I'm going to add, of course, Bale Fink and Eli or James and the rest here. But such creatures believe, you know, you know, correctly, is that, hey, they get to be as evil as they want. They get to go ahead and destroy us, and there's no consequence for it. Now, uh, the title of the show is, you know, Things Become Made Manifest. Earlier tonight, we had Johnny Tonto Burton as guest number five. And the critter, the critter pretended, the critter pretended that, guess what? That it, uh, well, that was, you know, Marty was being all paranoid or something like that. And then so I said, I went ahead and said to it is that, hey, you know, I mean, it, it went ahead and talked something about Roxy's VA check. And what I did is I said, hey, look, uh, how would you like me to call, you know, Lorinda up while you're gone and tell her about old Cody and Cochise and, you know, the other women, the other children here. And old Johnny Tonto ran off here. That was Johnny Tonto. Heck, he came to me, what, you know, late December 2004, early January 2005, and wanted me to support that drunken crackhead, Morris Collette, you know, for Butler's seat. And, uh, hey, I did. And what got me is that when Butler and this here other little man's retard went to uh, prison for, well, essentially for Morris Collette drunkenly plotting to rob banks in Alabama, for cocaine, why, hey, everybody ran off, including Tonto. And the only one who went and stuck by and tried to find out, hey, where is he Where is he located at? What's, you know, where, where, where are they at here? What are they really being charged with? It was myself. And so I was rewarded, and then, oh, no, oh, no, it's it's something sacred here. They're little, they're little C.I. Dennis ministry. Now, Tonto's claimed that he is, been a minister, you know, because his uncle Newman or his uh, spurious father James, aka uh, Rufus the Dupus Britain, made him a minister. Now, folks, uh, that's fine, I guess, here. But for all pack purposes, uh, old Tonto has always been pretending to be something that he isn't. He's not satisfied with being who he is, but, you know, shit, I guess if you're just that boy. A, well, essentially a, you know, I mean, essentially uh, a member of the Hacksaw, you should have tribe, from northeastern Oklahoma, Ottawa County, why, hey, why not pretend to be descended from Jonathan through King Saul through to, you know, Benjamin through to Adam? Because that's what you want to pretend. Why not pretend to be the Earl related? You know, the real family of the Earl of Richmond. And, and, and uh, Johan Kabato's uh, first mate, too, here at the same time. I mean, shoot, you, we laugh at the, the delusions of Mumps, Meyer, Bill, Mumps, not the clueless. Yeah, but Tonto has some hilarious delusions, too. Hilarious delusions. And folks, I went along with it, but you know, the, the time is, you know, as things became, you know, made, became made manifest. I've been going ahead looking over at this puzzle. Well, you just have to call me a child, molester. No, I don't really like that. But hey, I have been locked up in a nut house on those bogus charges here, 
And as I look at it, if I, you know, if I catch you, you know, I'll geld you. You wouldn't respond. So, hey, I mean, I guess things, you know, work out even, I guess, here. But no, you, you don't, you don't, you know, I found out that, you know, in this bowel movement, that you don't take anybody at the word for who they are here. Certainly not if they're not going to even show you the face. Give you the real name. I'm looking at old Brian Nigerwitz, you know, uh, bitching here, and essentially he's just telling this judge, guess what? Marty, Marty threatened to find out who I was on this Skype, on Buck McHugh's Skype conversation. He found out my name. Well, hey, as an anonymous coward, well, he didn't want to be known as Brian Rear. He didn't want people knowing he lived at White in Mentor, Ohio. Didn't want people knowing that it wasn't white. Didn't want people knowing that it was a fraud. Didn't want people claiming to be a number of things. I mean, hey, it was what it was. Let's not pretend. Let's not pretend that uh, hey, that we have. You know, old uh, old Eli James, why I once I found out Brian Reel's real name. Why the critter the critter quote uh, went with a fat retard, Greg Howard. Now I heard somebody say that nine years ago Greg Howard was a you know, say hired in St. Louis for Pfizer. And he got fired and got divorced, essentially it's just a fat retard living on the margins. Running around with known Jews like Eli James or Joseph November or Joseph Stalin, Cuts, Putts, November, Goldstein, whatever the hell's name is this week. Just a fat way to skilled like a retard. Let's not be surprised at who and what it is. So, hey, you have, you have these creatures and all they do is evil. You're surprised that they do evil because they're Jews? Well, no, they're you know evil because they are Jews. They're a serpent seed. Now, Bale Fink, and he was running last night. Last night, you know, he was at Meerkat Mark Clownies. And I get in there, and a few other people get in there, including Carb Hunter. And essentially, poor old, poor old Melissa isn't able to get to chairman. Why, it's not very good here at the Humphrey here, where old that Debbie, that Insty, Goldstein, Downey, and Meerkat Mark, why they operate their little Sapphire clot out in part of the deep woods. You know, can't, you know, maybe they have dial-up, but, you know, guess what? They can't get in. So as a result, why I'm trolling, and here comes Savannah Packy Shanks and these other critters, and we're laughing at him. And Savannah Packy Shanks doesn't really like being being named for what it is. He hates being named for what it is. So guess what? We had about 18, 19 minutes of trolling. And about 18, 19 minutes of trolling, and then Melissa finally came in and Locked everything down. I'm talking to you. And think proceed with whatever stupid shit he was going after mouth and there can't mark about. Now, 
That's what this bowel movement is about here. Someone was talking about this tyrant trooper. Well, folks, I don't really have a problem with old tyrant trooper. He seems at least to be loyal to Matt Hale. Now, I'm not a big fan of Matt Hale. I'm not a big fan of Benny Buttfuck Classen's bullshit. Creativity. Well, folks, if you want, if you, you, know, you have to have some appreciation for someone who has some degree of loyalty and that they stick to it. I mean, that's not very, you know, that's not very common. So, anyway, uh, as things go on, you find out what you really wish you had found out here. I was really hurt when, I mean, I found out that Buck McHugh had been using his cat claw, but on the other hand, I'd looked up an old email or old thing to where Brian Real was trying to use Buck McHugh as a cat claw, too. And I found out that Buck McHugh really hated Brian Real. He blamed Brian Real for helping this Jew Helping this Jew screw him over here. You know, he said he lost a million dollars because Brian Real helped this Jew, who was an ex-partner of him. And folks, you go into partnership with a Jew, you say you ought to say, "Go fuck me." Well, hey, he really hated Brian Real. He was whining in April of what 2013. You promised to see Brian Real, you didn't. You're a pussy. I said, "Well, hey, you're such a stud." Why don't you sue Brian Real? Oh, you He called Johnny Tonto Britton, and Johnny Tonto Britton and Buck McHugh and this Mongol Greek woman all went pussyzoid on me for suing Brian Real. They they cut another deal with Brian Real. Now they cut a deal with Brian Real two years earlier in 2011 after Brian Real's unsuccessful attempt to get John Britton's. John Britton's uh, old case dismissed against Dallas Air Motive. So here's Ron Real. He's finding that I am I am defaming him by, you know, I am putting up the court records. I went ahead and sent an email to the Lake County. Court of Common Pleas here. I'm saying, hey, look, I want to see this one, you know, one which was against this poor guy named Hiram Ruppert, which went on for a couple months before it got dismissed. How the hell, how the hell is Brian Real managed to make it here? How does he manage to make it? No wonder he's scared. Shoot, if the critter, you know, like I've said before, if the critter gets found, Without a pelt and its little, its a little uh, lady stick genitals stuck in its mouth here. Shit, there's going to be all sorts of people. I mean, pretty well looks like half a mentor here has motive. No wonder the critter. No wonder the evil critter scared Shillis. Cowardly. It's a cowardly evil mongrel. It's sort of like a rat that you know essentially you catch pissing in the corn. Eats a little bit of the corn and then pisses and shits on the rest of it to destroy it because it hates white people. It hates its own life. But on the other hand, there's another there's another Skype you know audio about three minutes to where he was going to gun it out with police here when he gets caught. Hey, folks, these creatures 
Some of them get found out sooner. Some of them get found out later, like Johnny Tonto. Let's not be surprised. You go ahead. I was looking. I was looking at uh, hey the little debate this past week with old Hillary and that you know screwed up Jew boy, Bernie Sanders talking about you know paying you know essentially indoctrinating to secondary and you know third time you know register school education here and making white people pay for it. What good is that? Now that is accomplished by any of this stupid shit. Why should any of us why should any of us really worry about this shit here? I was I was listening, they had a little zombie con and I guess somebody showed up with a gun and was shooting at the zombie con, making some more zombies. I don't know. Everything ends up becoming made manifest. Give it time. Give it time. I never, you know, I've never said, oh, go ahead and scrag old nigger lips. Well, no. Anybody, anybody who will put up with a nigger-lipped, obvious faggot like nigger lips, an evil critter like that, there's something wrong with them. That's why I don't have too much, that's why I don't have too much, uh, Sympathy for old Cosby Farton here. He's bitching about Charles Giuliani, which was the last card to abandon his A and U S S podcast here. Now he's a mooch. Well, maybe he was a mooch to begin with. Why did you have this character who says had a problem with Christians? You know, this Saturday I went into here about Dewey. And Dewey had been translating for his new Dixie translation the Bible. And he clarified it quite a bit. But this was what, Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 7? Where it says, should we sin? Should we sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Well, folks, if you don't have any choice, it's all under Yahweh's will. Why would you have a choice as to whether to sin? Why, why would that why would that must become necessary? Dewey translates things here, but you know, and I like Dewey's daughter. I like Dewey, I like Dewey's daughters. Do we want to argue with with them here? But I've had this argument with Dewey. If you agree with what Dewey says, then you understand then you believe and say, hey, what's the purpose of doing anything? You might be going against God's will. Not that you can. Why not sin? Maybe God wants you to sin. Maybe God wants you to go ahead and screw till your pecker falls off here. Maybe God wants you to impregnate niggers here and breed more Brian Reels. I, you know, I, I mean, shoot, how do you know he doesn't want you to do that if you have no free will or no choice? Why not believe whatever stupid crap that you want to believe here, say that Yahweh will need to believe this. Yahweh made me this way, and therefore, I don't worry about it. In short, I can do whatever the hell I want to because I don't have free will. It's all Yahweh's work. Okay? Sounds good to me. <laughs> God will agree with Dewey. About the reincarnations, I certainly I don't you know, disagree or agree with the uh, 
you know, no free will. I believe, like a lot of pe- you know, a lot of people, that the only ones who will get grace from Yahweh are those who are of His servant nation. Now, I don't, I don't make a big deal about. I want to see your birth certificate. I want to see a DNA test because I know full well is that there have been many wild branches of the Israelite people who have been grafted into the house of Israel. Not niggers, not dukes, not beaners. But hey, the Israelites were told when they seized a foreign white country to take if, take if all possible, take them alive. And after three generations, they would be bred into the way they would be Israelites as well. There were many Adamic strains which have come into Israel, just like just like when Moses wrote that an Edomite, the, the one who was descended from the third wife, could become an Israelite after three generations. Not the two, which were, you know, Edomite who, Edomites who had bred into the Canaanite, Hivite, Hittite women, Certainly not the Amalekites who were dangerous because it's for my girl. They were blonde, blue eyes, sort of like Amorite devils here, cannibals as well. So as a result here, I would tend to see that if you act like an Israelite and you look sort of like an Israelite, then you're an Israelite. If you have the nature of an Israelite, it's because you are an Israelite. But on the other hand, you can be blonde, blue-eyed, and have, you know, even though you have a nigger nose, and shit, you act like a Jew, like Rabbi Fink, while you're a Jew. If you have, you know, if it looks like, well, hey, maybe you're not altogether what you should be, well, hey, you know, I may not want to go ahead and breathe into your bloodline, but on the other hand, as long as you act pretty much well, I'll treat you like a white man. I'll let Yahweh do the calling during the Great Tribulation. But, folks, things are not as they appear. In many cases, you have to kick back and you have to keep an eye out. And in some cases, why your friendship can last for about, oh, six, seven years, longer than some marriages. And then you find out that your so-called friends are not what they appear to be. Oh, what to do, what to do, what to do. What to do is that you keep on keeping on, I would say. You don't worry, you don't fuss, you don't piss, you don't moan about that which you can't do anything about. Now, on this show for five and a half years, I have said that this show is pretty well about entertainment. And it's about education.
I've been, you know, reading old Hunter Walrus. Hunter Walrus, a.k.a. Brad Griffin. He will go by, he will go by, and he has a wily hibernator, a.k.a. Jack Ryan, a.k.a. Jack Ellis. A rather dodgy character talking about banning people, you know, in, in my case, me. And he will have his pet Jews. He'll let the Jew run wild, and then everybody says, we're mad about that. And, folks, you have these people saying that essentially they're going to win something through a meme? Through a meme? How do you win anything through a meme? How do you take on anything through just words? How do you accomplish anything? By, well, pretty much what you're going to do is you're going to talk about it. I see old Doug Hall is here. No, you know, pussy with whining critter here. Essentially, guess what? You know, let me, you know, let the old bitch boobros let me, oh, say a few things at old bitch boobros' expense. And then bitch boobros went ahead and blocked me. Later on, you know, bitch boobros unblocked me. Let me just tell you that, you know, bitch boobros is a nice critter, even though, even though he's a red nigger. That Uncle Tom's dog pig bully of the so-called American Freedom Party. Really? Freedom? Someone, someone essentially calls in to your show and disagrees with you. Gets on your, gets on your uh, what? Oh, uh, talks you chat and blocks you because they're scared. Guess what? They'll think it can't stand to let people question it. Eli or James can't stand to have people question him. Certainly not sword nigger. None of these people can stand scrutiny. None of these people can withstand questioning. None of these people can withstand disagreement. Why is that? Why is that? Is it not because, well, when it comes down to it, they're just simply dishonest? To be honest, they know they're dishonest. They know full well that they have nothing to really offer. Don't they know that they are liars? And since with their lies, the truth is not in them, and therefore you cannot trust them? And they think they're going to fool somebody? But yeah. Let's, let's not let's not pretend that good old good old uh, you know Rabbi Frank or Rabbi Elier or Sword Nigger or let me say uh, Dan John or the Pisser Possum or any of these tards pretend to be scholars and can't answer questions, can't answer pointed questions. If I get time, maybe I'll set me up an American fucktard party. And laugh at, you know, well, a retard like, uh, you know, uh, let me see, what is it? Boob with Shittaker? Boob Shittaker, 
He's going to fight Zog with memes. Bull boob shit occur has nothing better to do than choose another Washington District of Corruption area pig to be his vice president. How the hell is that going to work out? Hmm? How the hell is that going to work out? I would say it's not going to work out at all. I would say it's going to be a failure. That's what I would say. Okay, so I'm looking at some of the uh, TARs here. Oh, there's an interesting TAR. He calls himself a talk stew. Uh, last line here. Well, I, I agree. No one likes being told they're stupid, but hey, they're not even retards at the nut house. They don't like being called retards, but they are. They don't like being called stupid, but they are. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a different thing here. It's sort of acting like little glasses here. Guest number eight is TalkShoe.1021071 underscore eight. <laughs> oh, heck here. I'm looking at this. I'm going to go ahead and click on this little profile here. Oh, shoot. All these critters. Why? Hey, I, yeah, I, I have the special glasses here. Uh, it's on this old compact here. Okay. So anyway, here, yes, number eight, or talk to one o two one o seven one underscore eight, <laughs> aka guess number eight. <laughs> yeah, it probably is a fad here. Uh, in any case, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it looks like it looks like I'm looking at the compact number one from what? Oh. November 2009, and runs Windows 7. You know, has a little, has a very little, uh, has a very little, uh, oh, a screen here. It sort of acts like little uh, glasses here. It acts like, you know, like, acts like, you know, you know those glasses on May Live? Old Roddy, you know, old Roddy Piper died, what, a couple months ago here. May Live. It was a, it's a hilarious movie. Uh, old Roddy, you know, Roddy Rowdy Piper played a wrestler, and he got some special glasses. Then later on, he could see the aliens sleep, consume, obey. <laughs> yeah, I wonder here. I mean, you know, what what would the special glasses reveal about you know bits like uh, you know Hillary or Bernie Sanders? I was looking. I was looking at the so-called percentage, and uh, hey, California of whites. But you go ahead and look at Vermont, New Hampshire, hardly any niggers and beaters at all. Of course, that might be a lie. I mean, there's not a place around. There's not a place where you can go date a Mexican there if you go outside. But you know, anywhere to uh, really do anything. But no, that's you know that's what we that's what we have in the Zogland. 
There are all sorts of critters pretending to be something they're not. And the question I have is, why should we be surprised? Surprise, 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 Sergeant Carter. In case, I don't know, it looks like we have a room full of tarts. I'm looking at count pack number one here. Uh, <laughs> an allegory here. I'm looking at old, uh, being mean to old Doug Hall. Shoot, I mean, this special computer just shows me all sorts of stuff here. Let's see here. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a break because, you know, I just wanted to talk about how things aren't the way they are. Why, I'm going to have to tomorrow work on a motion to, again, try to kick Judge Kevin Lee Selby off this probate case. Now, folks, what the hell is good is a judge who won't obey the law? Well, folks, that's what we have. Here's old Hillary. I mean, she was lampooned sort of on Saturday Night Live. You know, she just simply she just simply determined, you know, whatever to be president. But folks, I don't see why I don't see why even old, uh, you know, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live they were, you know, they had them played by that loudmouth leftist. She was named Alex Baldwin, and they had the you know, was Anderson Cooper. Anderson Fooper and his poop, you know, homo pooper, going ahead and asking, why did you, you know, you know, give me some time here, give me some time. Why do you have a perfect A-level NRA rating? Oh, the pass. And then old Anderson Fooper says, hey, how come it is, didn't you say a couple of years ago that affirmative action is anti-white racism? Which it is. Pass. Why would anybody believe that the current state of affairs is going to last forever? If you have lawlessness everywhere you go, everywhere you are, why does anybody believe that you're going to have a change of events anytime soon? Why does anybody believe that any good thing is going to come from the bad things which are? Does anyone really believe that that's going to happen? I don't. I don't expect anything but bad things to happen, which is good. Really, I think it's good when bad things happen to evil people. Isaiah chapter 3 says, The city of evildoers shall not spread across the earth. Why is that? Because evil consumes itself. It has to live off the good. It has to live off the surplus of the good. And the organizing is the white man create here. You don't see any advanced civilizations in Nigeria. You don't see any advanced civilizations in Mexico. All you see is squalor and filth and poverty. Let's not be surprised at that. So anyway, you know, in this bowel moment, you know, I mean, hey, if you boy like Alex Wanger, well, hey, bleeds up the ass. Uh, a fact, a fact, you know, essentially uh, characters like, uh, you know, David Duck and Don Black, why, hey, they get revealed as just simply 
TV reads this. Hal Turner had another show. I haven't listened to it. I'm sort of waiting to see whether or not old Howell is going to get enough supposed dog bucks to continue with his Hal Turner financing. If it doesn't, why does that mean the Hal Turner is on the up and up? Up and the answer is hell no. It just means that old Howell, uh, you know, might have to spend some time and talk shoot. But hey, if he's really for real, you know, based on repentance, you know, sign repentance all the way for sure. So anyway, folks, uh, you know, Hal Turner is what he is, just simply a Michelin blind Jew rat who took Hal, you know, who essentially uh, engaged in Hal Turner financing. I was reading, I was reading, uh, you know, about this thing at the Kansas City Red Star to where the Southern Poverty Law Center is real glad that the FBI is going to concentrate on domestic terrorism. Fine. Back when I, back when I was much younger, they used to say is that what terrorists would do would try to make the government overreact and create the the call for revolution to change things. Look, Saudi Babylon is so corrupt, it's so sinister, it's so idiotic that, you know, hey, it's not in it's not as good shape as the Tsar and his black hand secret police are. You know, when you end up having when you end up having an obvious shit skin, unibrowed, nigger lipped, faggot mongrel, like Brian Real being an anti racist activist here and then being a so called CI dance minister, and nigger nosed Jew boy, and another and another Chicago supported Jew boy. And a Melungeon that has Crohn's that want to be serial polygamist. Folks, I don't have any doubt that Zog Babylon's spice network is not in very good shape. His Zogbots are not of the best quality. Essentially, things will indeed fall apart. They will go under. They will go belly up. And then soon, very soon, there will be an end to it. For which we should be grateful. Let us pray that the great tribulation comes and that it destroys people who steal, buy and sell white children. Let it go to where, hey, like Angela Merkel, you have little big towns of 146 people and then they put up 1,400 of these 70, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old military-age Arabs and Pakis and niggers and then wonder why you no longer have a first-world country feeding these creatures and then waiting for them to wait, wait for them to say, Allah Akbar and blow, you know, blow People are, folks, people are re- beginning to realize in Germany and in Sweden that their rulers are owned by Jews. And essentially, the only way to solve it isn't to put up a meme, but rather just simply 
execute traders. In my YouTube video, I was saying is that, hey, if you are a true white nationalist, a true white supremacist, a true Christian identity believer, and you claim to be an intellectual, you claim to be an author, you claim to be a movement leader, you never denounce someone like Dylan Stormroof. He did the right thing at the wrong time. That kid had balls. Didn't have much in the way of brain. If I'd known by, I said, look, kid, uh, I, I wish you wouldn't do this. Don't do this. This is not the time for such things. Folks, is there ever a time to rise up? Folks, it's not like I stand for Uyghurs who claim the revolution starts when the jackpooted thugs are kicking down my door. The revolution starts when senescent, ailing, senile, mighty evil empire starts losing control of things, and you know that it is time to rise up and deal with anybody who sides with Zog and destroy them absolutely and show no mercy. Folks, both you and Zog will know when that time comes. It won't announce itself. It won't send out a pretty invitation. It won't be part of a Congress anymore in the French Revolution. Announce itself when it started at a, it started at Paris Breadline in 1789, and some young you know law student, you know an alpha male, got up and stormed the arcades, stormed the steel. And they did so on July 14, 1789. And then once it started, it got hotter and hotter and hotter. And the end result was the French Revolution, which killed lots and lots and lots of people. Same with the Russian Revolution. Same is going to be with Civil War II, the American Revolution. Make no mistake about that. So anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and we will be back in about three or four minutes. I'm not sure if we'll have a very long show or not, but we will be back. Yeah, victory.
Now Brian wanna give it up. 
going back to suck a needler dick. He ought to know that jig is off. Living up with Peter Prick. Send that dirty Peter bitch. Made him dump me in his prison ditch. And I get a lonely cell. Oh, days. Before it burns in hell. Even though Trump's skin had signs, Lauren Reels fucking gay. They ought to keep it far away. From any normal white folks. Even the front skin head say, Lord Mandarin flocking gay, but you can't slip away. I'm the blindness, I suppose. Oh, shit. Yes, 48 seemed to have left in here. Let's see. <laughs> well, sorry. Yes, 48. Uh, I would have got to you. Uh, but I did want to play that song. Uh, speaking of Brian Real, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, one thing I went ahead and got out here. It's from it's from April, you know, August 10th, 2013. Shills number five, wherein here is, here is Brian Real. And Rabbi Bale Fink bitching about Eli James's Eli James's little paper about shills, and in it Brian Real admits to having a conspiracy with others, including Eli James, to take down my web pages. So let's just go ahead and just play it. It's only about what a minute and ten seconds. Unless. I have a future compulsion to respond to him again. And I have to leave that. That ball's in his court. If he wants to stop, he could stop. But, you know, if he didn't write Shills R Us, his daughter, a picture of his daughter, and her sandmaker husband, because that's what he is, wouldn't be on a Christogenia forum right now. And I do have the email exchange for anybody who wants to see it. If they want to see it, I'll make it available. When we were using DMCA complaints, well, I shouldn't say we because you weren't part of it, but, you know, we, myself, and others, they'll get Linstead's sites shut down for copyright violations. Eli told me, I'm strapped for time, Brian, but if you drop the DMCA complaint, I can just put my name to it and submit it to the server, and we'll try and get more complaints piled on them until they shut them down yet again. So I spent about an hour or so prepared up the complaint form, sent it to him. He never did anything with it because you have to submit generally a copy of your driver's license and you have to sign the complaint with your legal name. And he can't sign a complaint with a legal name under penalty of perjury, Eli James, because that's not his name. Right. Well, well right. I, I mean... Well, for those of you who listen, this is Brian Real saying that he had a conspiracy. Of course, he's quick to say Bill didn't have it, but you know, here's Bill. 
from the 7th of January uh, 2011. Listen to Eli James say that him and Brian Real, he just listen, just mad because we took down all those web pages. There you have. You know, I mean, I would be more than happy. I really would want to see these emails between Brian Real and others to take down my web page. Why not? You know, web pages, and you know, here's the conspiracy. Take down another one. This is the sort of people who who you know do that now, folks. That is not only that is not only a civil, obviously a civil tort, but also is a uh, you know, violation of law. What USC, uh, you know, eighteen or twenty-one, you know, section two forty-one and two forty-two, which carries up to a ten-year penalty in prison for conspiracy to do that. Here's Brian Real saying that you know, yes, he planned to do that. He had to work with Eli James. He's just mad because Eli James, he, you know, he said, draft it up, Brian, draft it up, Brian, I'll sign it. But he didn't want to sign it because his real name wasn't Eli James. It was Joseph November or whatever else it was. Here's Frank, and here's Brian Real saying that others, not just Eli James, but others. You know, maybe Matt Twizog bought, maybe. You know, I think I can make a point is that, hey, you know, Brian Real's father, you know, Bill Fink, here they are, essentially plotting to take down my, me and my church websites. Here. Now, folks, how many websites? Of anybody else here? Of anybody else? You know, be it Fink, or Eli James, or Brian Real, whatever pathetic thing that you know, little Mamzer, that little Mamzer can go ahead and come up with? Well, hey, how many websites have I taken down of other people? Well, none. You see, it's just so like with Johnny Tonto Britton and me here. Now, me, you know, I, I was hurt. I was hurt when after March of 2013, John Britton just simply used to call me, what, twice a day? That, you know, a week, two weeks? Well, why are you calling me? Well, Essentially, I'd ask him and Buck McHugh and this big Mongol woman to submit affidavits because I want to sue Brian Rio for taking down my webpage. Guess what? Well, I'll talk here while they couldn't do it. They didn't want to do it. So they ran off. In case of Buck McHugh, I think he used me as a cat's paw against Brian Rio. But hey, you know, the truth, you know, the truth will come out, and here it is. Now he says much the self same thing on number you know, uh on number three of shells or whatever. Saying much the same thing here that he had a conspiracy involved in taking down my web pages, using the Disneyland Copyright Act to take down my web pages and out of my church. And that's the kind of people we have in this country in the Disneyland Copyright Act. I mean, hey, if they, if they want to, if they want to keep it intact, you deliberately file a bogus DMCA complaint and you sign a penalty of perjury, you go to prison. Now, in case of Brian Rail, he probably would like that, you know, nigger faggot, you know, butt pounding, uh, butt pounding, uh, you know, you know, faggot sex here, so like uh, Rabbi Fink more than likely enjoyed when he went get was in prison or in administrative segregation. 
the hay. That's what, you know, that's what so-called freedom of speech, that's what so-called freedom of religion amounts to in America. It doesn't amount to anything. It doesn't mean anything. There is no law in this country. There never really was. All this Constitution is is just some sort of lie to which politicians who are owned by Jews get to claim that we have a representative form of government. Well, we don't. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't involve the consent of the government. Now, it really quite comes down to it. If the vast majority of people just said, fuck it here, why, hey, that would be the end of this shit. That's why I keep on trying to tell these white nationalists here with their web pages, what, what's, your little mean isn't going to save you. Your little pretense is not going to save you. I was sort of hoping guest 48 would decide to call. Okay? Anyway, uh, old Doug Hall, he was he was going ass to mouth with old bitch Boobrills last night. Not bitch, really, you know, even for a rednecker. You know, he got a little bit annoyed. I said, look, uh, you know, bitch, uh, you know, uh, maybe you'll head back up in April. Because that's when the carp, that's when the carp spawning season is, usually. April. You know, maybe May. Uh, a carp, really, when it comes down to it, it's sort of like a red flesh fish. It's sort of like a salmon. Now, if you cut the mud line off, it has, a, it has about, what, oh, about a quarter inch wide, maybe a little bit longer mud line. And, you know, right, you know, right down the middle of the carp here. You have to cut that out here because it does that, that, that uh, you know, that carp will taste like mud here. But if you cut it out here, it'll taste like a mackerel or a, or a salmon here. You know, I, I've eaten, I have eaten, back in 1986, I caught 30-some carp, maybe 40-some carp. And I canned up, you know, up, usually about a carp per quart. You know, cut off the head here, let the dog eat it. Uh, I don't know if he had a dog bed here. Did he have a dog? I think we did. Maybe we did. I don't know. The dog was pretty old here. Any case here, what? Oh, dog must have been. Oh, 1984, 1985, 1986, sometime like that here. May have some of that carp left, and what, what it would do is it wouldn't taste bad for the first sandwich or so. You add mayonnaise to it, so, so it tastes like tuna fish. But you don't cut the mud line, and you get to where you don't want to eat it. You know very much more of it. You know what I mean? And then you end the place by half a quart of you know, carp here. Okay. So let's see here. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and look because I have a special window on a compact computer which allows me to see, allows me to see. Was making yourself to pick your fish. Is that right, Papa Cap? Uh, did John send you flowers? Uh, no, he didn't. Boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo. I think Dick Rupney is pretty well done for. Uh, let's see. I'm still on there, though. Hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, I probably, you know, I probably 
should. <laughs> okay, call in test number eight. <laughs> uh, on, the, on the compact, you look like you talked to something or another here, eight. Okay, well, hell. Lord, it just it just kicked out a whole bunch of stuff here. Oh boy. You Dick Routney, you you Pemco? Oh I am a Jew FBI rat. Is that right, Pemco? You know, more like Pimpco. How's that here? Pimpco. The coal of pimps. Oh, uh, was Zogpeg Bowie on Renegades last night? I, you, know, I, you gotta wonder here. I mean, shoot. Don't any of these characters know a Zogbot when they see one? But the answer is, well, Probably not because they are Zogbots here. But does it matter? Hell no. Okay, let's see. Some weird ass Chinese characters. Oh, well, let's see here. I was halfway awake here a minute ago, and then I got tired. That right. Okay. Hacking won't stay there, but folks, hacking, you know, hacking doesn't really accomplish much of anything. Now, folks, somebody said that old bitch boober, you know, or uh, Uncle Zog, Uncle Tom Zogpig was on Rampagade's radio. Does it matter? Does it really matter? Look, folks, if someone if someone is that stupid, don't they deserve whatever the hell they get? Answer sure. They deserve whatever they get. Well what they get be nice here? I don't think so. Let's see, where was I at here? What the save the chat because the chat did a big jump here for for uh Dick Rowley. I have a little bit of, I have a little bit of problem because hey, I didn't get more than about four hours sleep this morning here. Yeah, maybe five, I don't know. You, you get a little bit older and you find out I guess you need a little bit more sleep. 
than what you did when you were in your prime. Mm-hmm. Like Christopher Columbus was a Jew? Well, maybe he was. I don't know. Uh, you get to where you have all sorts of conspiracy theories. Now, maybe he was a Jew. I don't think he was. Because usually, well, look, a Jew has a totally different, a Jew has a totally different mindset. You see, what a Jew would rather do is stay behind and collect usury. You know, not risk its neck here. And folks, uh, going, you know, going what, west instead of down the coast of, you know, Africa, then back up the East Coast here to where now you are in known territory. You're in what? Oh, the Aden and Yemeni Peninsula. And then you, from there on, you take the same old trade route that's been going on since, well, 3000 or so BC or before. And pretty well, pretty well, the reason that they, uh, you know, they discovered the route to China by going the long route around uh, the Cape of you know, Good Hope here, around Africa. They went all the way down through the bump here, and then they went, they they pretty well, most of my ships didn't dare go out beyond side of land, so much outside of land. And so as a result here, it was actually well, being safer to take the long way around, which, I mean, especially going around Africa was the long way around. And Christopher Columbus would have thought the world was smaller than what it actually was. You know, he thought it was more like, oh, what, the hour? He he might have thought, he might have realized that, that, hey, you have 24 hours, you have a, you know, you have 24 time zones of about 1,000 hours apiece, and he would have realized that the the Earth is actually as well, you know, the Earth is what, 24,000 miles from? So, you know, so, anyway, Christopher Columbus didn't think like a Jew. Now, I've heard, I have heard someone say is that it wasn't really Queen Isabella who financed the trip with her jewels. I mean, uh, if her and Ferdinand drove out the Jews, who would she pawn her jewels to? But actually, there were some Marino Jews here who uh, convinced poor old Christopher Columbus to kidnap 500 Indians and sell them into slavery. You know, that is the beginning of the slave market. And that sounds like what a Jew would do. You know, sail, sail for what? Oh, four, five, six, seven thousand you know, miles into unknown seas? Nope, that does not sound like something you would do. So you may disagree with me if you want or not. In case, yeah, well, uh, as for teeth, so you can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I care. We already had we had Johnny Tonto in earlier. Uh, I have no idea who Pimco is here. Doug Hall was sort of. Oh, dismissive of me. Well, I bitch Boobaros here. Uh, Doug Hall, you want to call in? You can. I don't mind retardation. I like retardation. Wretched. Yes, I like wretched retardation. Retardation does not annoy me much. 
or oh, retardation can be fun. Heck, third. Oh, where was I? I may, I may call it a night here. Uh, you know, after only doing about an hour and a half show, who knows? Well, somebody calls in and saves me from talking to myself for hours, even though I got a room full of tards. Of course, some of the tards are uh, clone tards. You know, they should have they should have left years ago, but they uh, messed. I'm tired of you. Ah. Okay. Uh, my was a Jew. <laughs> probably, you know, probably, uh, probably Pemco saying that my mom was a Jew. Even though she wasn't. <sighs> Dang. <laughs> Maybe Pemco is Johnny Tonto, or it might be uh, a Tonto Kaikalak. How's that? So the Jews down the well. I'm looking. I'm looking at old Tonto. You know, you have old uh, Bruce Howard said, "Mars been okay recently." Add me on Facebook, Yahweh Bless. And then Tonto says, "Today, Bruce and Marty made quite the team." And then Bruce, you do realize that Marty is a child molester, and you're still a child. Oh, good Lord, Tonto, that ain't very nice. But you can't expect. You cannot expect good behavior from Tonto. Tonto was already in this uh, chat room, but he ran off. Okay, let's see. Wait, that. on the spermer. Let's see what's on the spermer. 
German police says build a fence to keep out the people they invited in. Well, ain't that, you know, ain't that, uh, you know, ain't that sort of stupid? Where are white people supposed to go? Official working for Swedish government. There is no native Swedish culture. Okay. Project Germany, last rape and hooking at the refugee center. It's a culture. Well, yes, it is. You know, the Donald tells Jeb Cut that he wouldn't allow 9 11 to happen. I've seen that. You know, folks, uh, the 9 11 thing was caused not, you know, not a single Afghani was involved in it, not any Iraqi. It was all Saudi Arabians who were involved in it. They were the ones who carried it through. And old George let them get on the planes and go back home like nothing ever happened. And then, because the airlines were going to become bankrupted because of their stupidity, why, hey, we'll set, you know, set up a new government agency and told people they couldn't sue the government, you know, sue these aircraft, you know, uh, sue the airlines for their stupidity and letting people who essentially shouldn't have been allowed on there. No, I mean, old Trump is more than likely correct. Old Jeb, he didn't, you know, he didn't accomplish anything. Oh, let's see. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, uh, looking at the Daily Spermer. Uh, no. I think the Jews knew all about it. I think the Arabs will use the excuse. I told a story about, uh, you know, how the dog got beaten for me, uh, actually killed my dad's second best brown legger and rooster. I think the Jews knew all about it. I think Zog knew all about it. You know, they knew all about Oklahoma City. They did wake up. And all along, the end result of what they do, like recently, was to get into two wars and get their ass kicked in both wars. You got to laugh. But, you know, here's Putin. He goes bombs our terrorists. And you have a whole bunch of whining and pissing and moaning about how Putin is destabilizing Syria by making sure that Assad remains in power. Now, let's see here. I'm looking at uh, oh, what's on the blog spot. Well, I'm pretty tired here, and I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night here. If somebody doesn't call in in about oh five minutes or so, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night because I, I find myself falling asleep.
and I have to uh, draft up something tomorrow. So, any case here, oh, okay, well, good, call in. Forty equals lazy niggas. <laughs> well, that's nice here. Uh, let's see here. Pemco. What does that mean? Well, those those shitty countries. They can't accomplish anything without a dictator or a dictatorship. <laughs> yeah, laugh the tards here. Uh, you know they like this show. They like trolling the show. And then when somebody offers to, oh, give them a lease on retardation for another half hour, because, hey, I am falling asleep. And I thought that, hey, having a, what, hour and a half show is better than having none? How to get all mad. Okay, this show sucks nigger balls. Well, guess what? You've been on here for a while, dumbass. Go ahead and play. Now I'm going to play that one here. I'm going to play the E-Liar. Let's see. Sword Mander. Nope. Okay. Let's play Let's play where old uh, nigger lips Brian Rio... And Finkelstein, or essentially Niggerlitz and Eliar, decide they're going to what? Oh, you know, call the Chicago FBI on me? Here, hold on. Never mind, hold on. I'm going to mute somebody. Hey, Cornelio, Cornelio Condreno. Yeah, close enough, Martin. How are you doing tonight? I I am tired because I stayed up all night. I downloaded the uh, Ohio Rules of Court. Now, I I have another, oh, I have another week and a half to send the thing out, but I don't know how... You know, whenever I'm in front of that evil Judge Selby, I mean, he's totally lawless, uh, you know, literally, literally. And uh, my sister's lawyer says, no, uh, you, you know, and essentially this one bitch here that I ridiculed here named Becky whatever here, uh, essentially the, uh, you know, we agreed to make, you know, my brother agreed and I agreed to make my sister the administrator, you know, essentially of... Essentially, of the farm now, Mike has pretty well stole 
you know, the $153,000 that, you know, we got, you know, mom got in 1999 and the other $200,000 she's gotten over the years for rent here. And here he is running around in a, what, $32,000 pickup truck. And mm. pretty well, the only thing that really is worth that much is, you know, in Newton County is the farm, which is worth around thirty dollars to $35,000. And, and the... Uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars for these uh, lots, which have these old hovels, which are falling in just north of my hovel. Oh, by the way, by the way, I sort of, I sort of trapped a rat, and then what I did is I got me some boards and I nailed up this hole in the floor, and I think that is that has kept the possums and coons from getting in. But shoot, it just looks like a trash heap inside the hovel. Uh, I haven't been living sleeping in the hovel for a year now. Uh, yeah. Any case, any case, uh, you know. So here, you know, here is this character here, and he he decided he's going to set up a uh, he's going to set up, you know, he he requires a bond, and pretty well, my sister's lawyer says, hey, this is totally unnecessary. Uh, everybody has everybody has more, you know, you know, at least ten or twenty times the amount of assets. Uh, essentially, what is you know what's going to you, know, you know is that farm going to just is the ground just going to pick itself up and move out? And the answer is no. I mean, essentially, this judge is wanting to cause more trouble. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to draft another you know motion or another affidavit to kick him off. But essentially, I have sued him. I sued the presiding judge for not obeying the law. But when it comes down to it, the judges are not going to obey state law, black letter state law, and the prosecutor isn't going to prosecute them for, you know, I mean, according to law, that prosecutor is supposed to prosecute him for a class A misdemeanor, and what, what that will do is that while he's being prosecuted, he can't be a judge on the bench, neither the presiding judge nor, you know, uh, the probate judge, Kevin Lee Selby. Well, so you know that's never going to happen, though. Well, no, no. See what I mean? Yeah, the law may say that, but the law says a lot of things, and like you say, they're all lawless. I mean, you know, none of that matters anymore. I mean, they're 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 totally lawless here. You have, let me see, eight hundred years ago at Runnymede, twelve fifteen. Why supposedly the Magna Carta, the Magna Carta is the Great Charter, which essentially brought in rule of law. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. King John, he. he signed it because he was scared he was going to be pokerized like what happened, uh, what, uh, let me see, oh, what happened uh, 100, 115 years later with Edward II here, uh, Longshanks was saggy little, uh, saggy little son, he got a, he got a po- red-hot poker shoved up his ass because he was a, because uh, he was a faggot here by the She-Wolf of France here, you know, the one that was played by, uh, you know, Marcel, Sophie, or whatever, and Braveheart. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So anyway. Uh, well, you know, that, so that you, is a good illustration, though, actually, of these, uh, you know, of rights. You know, everybody's always talking about God-given rights and everything. You know, there are no God-given rights. I've looked in the Bible, and the only thing you've got a right to is death and taxes, pretty much. You know, there are no rights. The only rights you have are rights that you take from somebody else and give to yourself, and that's exactly what happened at Runnymede, like you say, 800 years ago, you know, to this year, where they put the, put the sword to the king and said, listen, you're giving us this, or uh, we're going to put the sword through you. 
and that's it. Yeah. You know, they did the same thing and in the he revolution. Went, he, he signed it, and then <coughs> six yep. months later, he violated it here, and then the barons came back and, you know, whooped his ass here, and, you know, essentially it, you know, it, it really didn't mean anything. I mean, you know, some of the smarter kings, like Edward the First, he should have been called Edward the Great because he was a, you know, he went ahead and expanded Parliament because he wanted, he wanted the people to agree to build these forts and to pay for his wars to attempt. You know, he, he succeeded in conquering Wales, but he didn't quite conquer Scotland. And he knew his son was a little weak faggot here. He said, oh, shit, here. I'm dying. I'm dying on the way. Boil my body and bring my bones up to Scotland so at least, you know, at least with my dead bones here, maybe we'll, we'll put fear into the Scotlanders here, you know, or Robert the Bruce. Well, Robert yeah. the Bruce ran wild, ran wild, and you had the beginning, you know, you had the beginning of, you know, essentially, you know, England and, you know, all of Europe was overpopulated. And Dewey Tucker has told me that he believes that essentially the Black Death was essentially Yahweh cleansing, cleansing Europe of uh, essentially of, you know, the unclean. And essentially you couldn't have a Renaissance if you didn't have the Black Death, which occurred a generation or two before the Renaissance, killing off, you know, pretty well the most of the people who, would never amount to stuff because they were, you know, they were all stunted. They were sick. There wasn't enough, and you had, you had essentially a mini ice age, you know, uh, coming in, yeah. uh, and you had a famine in Edward the Second's, uh, you know, for about two or three years in England. So you had a bunch of bad things, and then you had the Black Death in what, thirteen forty-seven through thirteen fifty-two. Well, those are the. Those are the kind of times where people like homosexuals and the stupid and mental degenerates and everything, they don't survive those kind of things, you know? Because you take a queer, for example, like all queers want to do is buttfuck each other, basically. You know, and it doesn't matter if the walls are caving in around them, you know, that's all they want to do is pound ass, you know? So while everybody, while any intelligent person is out there surviving, trying to find something to eat while they're dying, you know, the... The dummies, the fools, they're all basically doing the same thing. And, yeah, there is there is probably something to be said for that, that, you know, it is more or less survival of the fittest at certain times. And, yeah, it does call the herd and leave a better quality of uh, of individual on the uh, playing field. You know, I don't doubt that that's, that's probably about right. Well, the, the, the feeling I get, the feeling I get, is it's feeling like the last couple of elections. Essentially, they're just waiting for what the election will do, and then they're going to do something else. Now, the last election, 2014, while the Republicans won, the Republicans won, you know, uh, even more of the House, and they took over the Senate. And here it is, 10 days later, here comes old nigger, you know, here comes uh, the high yellow yid nigger. And he goes ahead and says he's going to do an executive order where he's not going to deport all these damn beers. Yeah. And the Republicans could have just simply said, you want to play that game? Well, guess what? Uh, you know, in about a week or so, in about a week or so, 
why essentially Zog runs out of money again. I know what we're gonna do. We're gonna impeach your, you know, we're gonna impeach your high yellow ye- you know, yellow ass here, and then we're gonna send on to the Senate. But guess what? We're we're also not gonna spend, a, you know, we're not gonna go ahead and do a continuing resolution here. And essentially, the Senate doesn't agree to impeach your ass. Well, guess what? The government will stay shut down, and unlike these previous shutdowns. No government, well, you know, none of the government workers will get a full penny. And, oh, by the way, we're not going to go ahead and pay for the EBT cards or the Section 8 housing. Hey, look, we'll see how well Black Lives Matter. Hell, let them niggers just run wild. Riot here, here. Yeah, let them, let them go ahead and do that. You know, there was a good yeah, book but- I read a number of years ago. It was called... Uh... Our Enemy of the State. I don't know whether you ever read it or not. It's it's a pretty good one. If you can find yourself a copy of it, you should probably I read it. I think I've seen it. The problem yeah. was it was written by a Jew. I think it was written by a Jew named Rothbard. No, it was uh, Albert Knock. He wrote it in 1935, something like that. Okay. It was a, it was yeah. a pretty old book. Uh, I don't know oh, whether the guy was a Jew, Jew or a Knock. I don't know what no, that no, is, that O-C-K. No, he wasn't. He was a... He was he really was a proto-libertine, though. But he yeah, he, he was. Yeah, definitely. He yeah. He wasn't fucked up like, you know, I mean, like today's libertines. I was making fun of Claire the Duke of Wolf. That lying bitch, uh, that lying bitch, uh, you know, after the 4th of July, 1998, uh, Jim Floyd, my movement mentor, wrote, you know, is this the very last 4th of July? And he was, he was bemoaning. That turned out that old Clinton was give dick sucked by uh, you know Monica you know fat little Monica Jewinsky. Yeah, and they've been talking about not... that. Every president they they do that though. Oh, oh, he's uh, he's never going to allow another election to happen, and it always just goes on and on and on because it's it's just the same old shit, you know. It's only the name on the letterhead changes, and that's what Nock basically said in his book. You know, once you you give the government power to. Uh, Whatever we'll say, uh, set up a, a social security system or something like that, which the Republicans were all against. And of course, as soon as they got in power, they got, they did absolutely nothing about it because once it's in there, then the Republicans take it over and then they can steer it in the directions they want to steer it, steer money to their friends. So you know, then once it's in, they're never getting rid of it. It's not going anywhere. You know, it's just something that that the next party will use, and then when they get out of power, then the other one will get in there, and they'll steer it and suck it dry, you know, that's... And that's what Nock was saying, you know, basically, when you when you give them the power to do something, there's the other party is, is they can piss and moan and talk about, oh, we're going to get rid of this as soon as we get elected, and they never do, they never will. And he said that in the 1930s about uh, Social Security and all that shit, and he was absolutely right about it. Republicans came in and and they did nothing about it. Eisenhower, you know, he was one hundred percent right. I I the kite here. He didn't do a dang thing about it. No, no. And yeah, I I, I can I can definitely <coughs> see that. Now, my grandparents were against Social Security, but then they they came up with ten thousand dollars and paid the bonus here to where essentially got more than that the money back here. You know, my uh, Grandfather Fred Linstead, he uh, lived to be 95 or 96, so he got far more than what he put into it. Uh, you see, but, that was the whole screwing of the whole thing, though. Was you know, the the average life expectancy when they passed the thing was about 64, 65 years old, right? So if you even oh, lived yeah. to collect it, 
you were only going to get it for a year or so. You're going to pay your whole life into it. It was nothing but a fucking scam, right? But now all of a sudden, everybody's living to women 83 or 4 or something now and men 79. Well, now all of a sudden they got a problem because they were having, they were having to pay out all this money that they were never planning on paying out ever at any time, you know? It's the life expectancy that, that actually killed them on that. That's what made well, it all bankrupt. It doesn't, in many cases, it doesn't really matter <coughs> because what they do is they create. They create. They essentially create the so-called money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so as a result, so as a result, uh, what what you it's been what happens is then there is I I for my year there's at least ten times as much quote money as there was in 2008 when things fell apart here. Uh, it was just a couple of days ago that Walmart stock went down big time because they were having because they were having problems or something like that here, or they didn't make profits and they're yeah. panicked. Well, uh, there's 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 companies like Netflix here. I mean, you know, pretty well they're going to be toast pretty soon because there just ain't the, uh, you know, there just ain't the money. They're just, you know, you know, essentially they they got to make people they got to make the cable companies pay. You know, the cable companies pay for the broadband to where they they suck it up, but they make it. You know, they try to make other people like, you know, Cox or, uh, you know, uh, AT&T or whatever pay for it here to where mm-hmm. it's not a matter of just simply sent, you know, mailing off a DVD. Uh, essentially, if it's a matter of DVD, uh, you have, you go to, say, the Walmart and you have something called Redbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can, or you can, over at the Ramey's, why they sell these, Movies on DVD for don't sell it, but they rent them out for a dollar. You rent out Monday or Wednesday, and the end result is that Netflix is essentially trying to make other people pay for their profit. Well, guess what? It's not going to work. They're, they they said that you know they got what a revenue of six billion dollars, but they're promising five billion. And from what I gather, it's just a matter of time before they go under here. And then the, there's a question about all these, all these companies. Amazon has never made much of a profit uh, for the 20-some years or 25 years that's been in existence. Well, they keep. Years, they have people that uh, that keep pumping money into it through stocks, though. So, like, they can, okay. you know, just utter billions comes in every year just out of that. So they don't have to actually have to make any real money. You know, Facebook's the same way. As long as you can get some idiot who will buy, you know, will pay $100 his share for an absolutely worthless stock, then that's $100 you just made this year, you know, that you can pay all the bills with and keep everything going. Just issue more stock and, you know, that's, that's all it really takes to keep these phony companies going. Any, well, they're not going to go forever, like you say, but, yeah, you can keep them going for a while. And that's what they're doing. In case, uh, I'm seeing this shit here. Uh, somebody's bitching about Trump here. Uh, I, well, nobody's going to save, nobody's going to save Zog here. What, what got me, I don't know if you looked at the Democrat debate or not. Maybe you didn't bother. But what I've seen, what I've seen 
was an absolute contempt on the part of Hillary for any law or you know, obeying anybody, but she seemed to think, you know, have the thought is that people are going to obey her better than she obeys the law. And, you know, I, I just don't, you know, you, you got to wonder when will people just simply have enough? But then the question is, what are they going to do? Uh, you have, just like the French Revolution, you had things get worse and worse and worse and worse. And there were doubtless some revolutionaries who wanted a revolution, but they're not the ones who caused the French Revolution. According to legend and lore, it started in a uh, Paris bread line when they ran out of bread. And then, oh, my God, I've been standing in line for five hours here, and I have nothing yeah. to see. I have nothing to see for it. Oh, what am I going to do? My children are starving. Yeah, that what famous Marie. And here comes here come some young you know, alpha male, and he gets up and he says, hey, it's the king's fault here, and his evil system, we ought to, we ought to storm the old pile of rocks called the Bastille. You know, this was July 14th, 1789, and they did so. Yep. And well, so that was that old, that was that, was that, that famous old Marie Antoinette quote there, uh, let them eat cake, you know, when they told her the people have no bread, and she didn't quite understand. She said, well, let them have cake then, you know. Like, she didn't understand that there was no bread, no cake, no nothing to eat, you know. And that's that's the way they all start. You, you look at that thing in Egypt that went on a couple of years ago, and that was because the people had no food there either. It's just like it's just like uh, the book in the Turner play. Diaries there. Earl uh, Turner talking. To... Oh, did you listen to Hal Turner's second show? No, I never did, no. I probably won't listen to him again. I'm not. I'm not interested. I listened to his first show. Uh, he was quite like a pussy about how he got, you know, how badly he was treated by the feds in jail. Yeah, and poor me. Yeah. Bastard, you, Everybody you, uh, feels sorry for how. Yeah. To send somebody else <coughs> to have that famous treatment, but you think you're special? He shredded the constipation. He the just reaped what he sowed. That's what he did. Yeah. He reaped what he sowed. Yeah, Wolf Bastard got what he what he uh, seen here, but that, that's what gets me. Is that here is this judge, you know, pretty well. I'm not violating the law, and here is here is the uh, essentially Missouri Attorney General saying, "Oh, guess what? Here, uh, hey, he, you know, he is above the law. He he can't be." He can't be uh, held accountable because he's above the law. He got absolute immunity. He has the discretion to refuse to step aside. Well, no, that's not what Missouri law says. And essentially, it? the presiding judge, the presiding judge, is supposed to obey this law and remove him if he doesn't you know, essentially obey you know, the law. So here you have here you have Chris Costa, and what two years ago he he executed poor old. Uh, what the hell's his name? Joe Paul Franklin. You know, our nigger shooter. Now, yep. guess what? Guess what? Uh, you know, what's the difference between Joe Paul Franklin and Darren Wilson? The answer is that one got a nigger hunting permit. You know what I mean? And the other did not. Right? <laughs> yeah. Ain't that about Well, you know, look. Uh, you know, old Chris Costner is wanting to run for governor, 
And the Secretary of State, who will not allow me to run because I'm a white supremacist, wants to run for the United States Senator. And so they are going through the pretense of having elections. They can't not allow you to run, Martin. If you, if you got the signatures, they can't not allow you. No, 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 no. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, not going to collect 10,000 signatures. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, what, I, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I need to do, what I'm going to do, is I'm going to sue. I'm going to simply ask that the state of Missouri be, essentially, since it doesn't have a Republican form of government, it hasn't allowed, quote, white supremacists to run and told me that I can't run, and therefore it doesn't have a Republican form of government. So what is the purpose of having elections here? Uh, I mean, you know, and by the way, in the Republican Party, they're talking about the Republican Party being broken up with the Tea Party. Well, appears that we have lost Dick Relton. being her phone down again. Okay, anyways, a little background on the Tea Party. Okay. So the Tea Party started, well, as near as I can tell anyway, about late 19 or late 2007 or so. And I was quite a keen observer of the whole thing. It seemed interesting. A lot like our old Reform Party here in Canada that got basically absorbed by the conservatives and basically turned into nothing. And I figured the Tea Party would probably do the same thing. And uh, lo and behold, it did. They had a uh, scheduled this thing called a Tea Party Congress, which was like going to be this big, huge meeting. I can't remember where they held it, but they were going to pay uh, Sarah Palin to come and speak there. And up to that point, like it was a real total grassroots movement. It was everybody would pay to have these little rallies all out of pocket. They'd have speakers who'd come there, and every while, every now and again, some jackass governor like uh, that guy from Texas would show up, and they'd boo him off the stage and everything. But anyway, so they have this big Tea Party Congress, and Sarah Palin gets seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars to speak there. And I remember I was on a web forum, and I was telling the guys there, "You wait to hear what Sarah Palin's going to say, and I'm going to tell you exactly what it is right now. She's going to say we got to stand up for our little buddy Israel, and we got to keep." pissing away all kinds of money and foreign aid to all our, quote, friends overseas and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure enough, they have this big Tea Party Congress, and that is exactly what Sarah Palin said, and that became what the Tea Party is now. It wasn't the kick everybody. In the the beginning, it was a kick everybody out, fuck the Israelis, fuck everybody else, no more money uh, shipped overseas, bring the troops home, all that kind of stuff, and it turned to totally 180 degrees from that. And that's what you have the Tea Party now. It's like they're kind of like the low-tax version of of the crap Republican Party. That's basically the only difference now. So they split the Tea Party, big deal. doesn't make any difference anyway. It's nothing now. (coughs) Oh, I, I don't know if you watched Saturday Night Live. It was hilarious to where... They they sometimes sometimes them Jews and niggers on Saturday Night Live they capture the essence of thing. I remember when Obongo Obongo uh, you know they had oh we have a bill and we have an executive order and essentially you know they, you know they were they were making fun of Obongo's unconstitutional rule. Well, the last Saturday Night Live that they had. You know, you have the debate here, and you have old Hillary, and you have a little, you have a little dweeb like Lincoln Chafee here 
Well, you know, I mean, if you're not going to obey the thing about the email, you're not going to obey the thing about email, how can we have a president that's going to obey the law? And then the little character plays the little faggot Anderson Swooper. So you want to answer that? And, oh, you know, this, this bitch who's playing Hillary, you know, brings out a cigarette, smokes on you know, drags on it once and says, no, slips it away. You know what I mean? Yeah, so basically that's old, about here's it. Old, yep. Here's old Webb, the guy, you know, this, this, uh, you know, liberal ass clown here, uh, Alex Baldwin. You know, a, a handsome wigger, but, you know, although a fat wigger now here, but, you know, he's not as handsome looking as when he was younger, but essentially, I demand some time. Okay, uh, can you explain your perfect rating from the National Rifle Association? He looks like a deer cut in the headlights with pass. And then, you know, <laughs> I demand that time. And then he says, I demand that time. He says, um, didn't you say a couple of years ago, that uh, affirmative action was anti-white racist. Pass. You know what I mean? And so then you had uh, you had uh, the rest of the tars here, and all was Bernie Sanders and Hillary. I'm tired of the email, and old old Hillary's gushing here, and they were saying, "You think Joe Biden will enter the uh, you know? What do you have to say about Joe Biden?" Oh, Hillary, you know, this played Hillary. So, <laughs> Yes, I mean, you know, since she hates it here, you know, she obviously hates it here, and it, it has her played as an evil hag. I don't it's think uh, Hillary Clinton probably doesn't like anybody but herself. That's kind of the uh, impression I get. She thinks quite a bit of herself, and I don't know if anybody else does. That's the whole problem. You know, there might be a, a few kikes in New York and a few feminists here and there who like her, but I don't think her popularity is quite as big as what everybody thinks it is. I think you're going to find that out when it comes to election time, if she gets in, which I don't think she will anyway. I don't think you need to worry. She's a non-issue. Well, you're right. You know, but, but what you got is you got everybody playing, please, Joe Biden, save us from this crazy Jew. And at the very end of the skit, he says, in November, I will be Hillary Clinton's vice president. Yeah. At the very end of the skit here. You know, one thing I gotta say though is like, no matter who gets into the get into the, gets into the office, they're gonna be like a shitbag like you've probably never seen before in your entire life, though. And that kind of does worry me one little bit about Hillary Clinton because she's kind of like the the biggest scumbag of them all right now in the whole picture of it. Because like, when you look at at the track record of the last you know five or six presidents right now. You got it's like it's like a downhill set of steps, you know. You got George Bush, who was just a drug dealer and a scumbag, and then uh, Clinton, who was a rapist and a drug dealer and a scumbag, and then you got George Bush, who was a faggot and a drug dealer and a scumbag, who probably stole more money from the American people than anybody, even including the nigger that's in there now. Now you have a nigger homosexual scumbag, you know. It's like it just goes down, 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 down. And you you just extrapolate that trend into the future, like like what's it going to be next? You know what I mean? It's going to well, be it's well, going to be a real bad one. This next one coming up, there's no doubt. No, like yeah. no somebody somebody is going to wind up in there, and uh, it's going to be terrible. Well, Worse than it is like even now. William William the Conqueror's children. Uh, the uh, the one who was in was called William Rufus. Or, you know, he was red-haired, so they called William Rufus here. And what, what was said of him is that every morning he got up a worse man than when he went to bed, and every night he went to bed a 
worse man than when he got up. And yeah. he died he died in a suspicious hunting accident. You know, I mean somebody supposedly accidentally, you know, on purpose went ahead and shot him because he was you know, he wasn't a homosexual, but he was uh, essentially he you know, he went ahead and raped women and did that because he was a king. And yeah, people were yeah. tired of the scumbag. Well, what happens with Henry the First? Henry the First, uh, his younger brother, and they believe that Henry the First had William Rufus assassinated, but nobody gave a shit. Nobody yeah, gave yeah. a shit for William, you know, Rufus here. Nobody really cared. You know, and it's in funny. Many cases, in many me and my cases, dad. Me and my dad were kind of talking about along those same lines just over the weekend the last time when I saw him. And he, he said to me, you know, uh, he said to me, I think I understand now why back in ancient Egypt, you'd, uh, you'd, there'd be certain pharaohs and uh, you go around, you go around all the monuments they built and everything. And the, and the people after the guy died, they went and chiseled his name off everything. Like chiseled his, uh, his, his uh, whatever, his hieroglyph off of everything in the whole country, right? And, well, obviously the guy was such a scumbag, such an evil piece of garbage, you know, that everybody was so sick and tired of him that they, they didn't even want to give him any, any uh, credit for anything whatsoever. You know, and that's it's, it's kind of, he mentioned to me, uh, he was saying, you know, you know there's probably going to be like uh, Barack Obama Boulevard all over the United States in every ghetto. And... Uh, but then again, he said, you know, probably the guy is such a scumbag that there won't be for this one. And, you know, you've got to be like a real, total worthless piece of garbage to have something like that happen to you. But, you know, it's happened in the past, and it probably will happen with him. Well, they, I think a lot of people have nigger fatigue. I mean, you know, heck, he was blaming Dumbia. You know, uh, four years after, you know, uh, just before he got reselected here uh, in 2012, he was blaming W for dicking things up. And then you end up having the, essentially, the establishment Republicans with McCain and then with Romney. Romney was, why well, like a bitch about Trump? And, you know, folks, you know, they, they're hoping that Trump will save America. And I remember this book by this Jewish named Barbara Tuckman called The March of Folly. And they were talking the same thing before the Protestant Reformation for 80 years or more. Please, Rome, will you please reform? Please reform, Rome. Please reform. And you had, you know, they, they, as they said, the uh, absolute lowest was Rodrigo, the, the sixth called Alexander whatever. You know, and he was the father of Caesar Borgia and Lucretia Borgia, and uh, you know, pretty well he's a piece of shit. And then his enemy Julius II got in, the one who was played by Rex Harrison. You know, and uh, you had you know Charlton Heston as uh, Michelangelo and painting the Sistine Chapel, who essentially liked getting into all these wars. Yeah, and he was a fighting pope, but you had. You had this go on and on and on and on, and eventually in 1517, a monk who was serious-minded called Martin Luther says, hey, there's enough of this shit. There's enough of that stupid crap. No more. Yeah, you know, and that's, no more. that's kind of the reason why I don't really agree with you, Martin, in the just, like, kind of let's sit back and not do too much and just let it collapse. 
Because if people would have had that that same um, mindset all through those years, if Martin Luther had sat back and just said, "Well, you know, fuck it, end times are coming," and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait around, it'll collapse by itself. You know, we never would have had the Protestant Reformation, or it would have taken 400 years longer. You know what I mean? We never would have had the the Great Awakenings and the Wesley Brothers and all. If the Wesley Brothers had just said, you know, well, the heck with it, England is a rotten, filthy sewer. It'll collapse soon enough. You know, let's just not do too much. You know, and, and that I kind of I don't really agree. You know, okay, let's you know, a collapse is imminent and a collapse should happen. Uh, you know, I agree with that. But people have got to make the collapse happen. You know what I mean? Oh, Go I out agree. there and make it happen. I agree. And of all the people, I, you know, like, you know, Hunter Wallace here. I mean, I was looking at his blog. And now he has a Jew called War Spite who says he's a real smart Jew. And he's talking about censoring this heifer named Denise. And pretty much, uh, if you're just going to yap, talk, talk, talk here. Uh, you know, me, I, I need to get around and write an open letter to Dylan Stormroof and say, hey, kid, you fucked up. You know, but your life was over when you pulled out your pistol and shot your first nigger. Now, you got nine more. I think you did the right thing at the wrong time. But in any case, you're not really should, a lone wolf. You're a lone tard. You should have uh, tried. You should have tried to get away with it. That's the that's the thing I don't well, uh, I don't I really like. Just stand that. around and and say you know okay here's walk up to the cop and give him the gun and say I shot. No, you gotta you gotta at least no, try. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't try <laughs> the wrong way. I thought I thought it was an assassin, you know, or a you know Zog plant. And what they what they did is that they. Uh, Essentially, I thought he, I thought he was wearing one of these Walmart three dollar wigs here, you know, shaped like a bull cut. I thought it was a assassin. Then I thought he was a nut. And then, okay, here it is, and he he has nigger friends, and one of his friends is being tried for what ten years prison here, hundred thousand dollar bond. They don't have because he was stupid enough to call the FBI and say, I may know this guy. He should have just simply said. Uh, I don't have anything to say to you. I don't want to yeah. say anything. But anyway, he went ahead and said, you Don't talk to the pigs. Yeah. Don't talk to the pigs. Do not talk to the pigs. I mean, you can't be any worse, but essentially they're trying to get him for lying to the pigs. And what you say is that, hey, pig, I don't talk to you. Yeah. Uh, the Secret Service got sent by, you know, to my door by Eli James and Brian Reel uh, in early 2000, in April 2012. And, you know, I did I did talk to him. What do you want? What do you want? And I said, shit, did Brian Rail and Eli James send you here? You know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, what it boils down to is, uh, hey, I'm not out to shoot your damn nigger. I, I appreciate what your damn nigger is doing to this country. You know, well, what about the judge? I said, yes, I have this Jew judge who's pretty well, you know, uh, screwing up my case against Obongo, but uh, hey, this case this case really should be lost to show that you cannot have you cannot have real you cannot have a real you know, open, free, fair, honest elections here. And if you don't have open, free, fair, honest elections, then hey, the people who rule, they don't have any right to rule. They may claim that they do, but they don't. So 
any case, I chewed on their ass, and they would say, well, why don't you move out of the country? Why don't you move to Mexico? I said, Mexico's moving here. Why Is that what the pigs told you? Well, Is that yeah, what the pigs told you? Well, they lied to me. They they went ahead and presented a card. They wouldn't present an actual ID. They presented a card, and they said their name was something else. And it was, the card was the name of Sullivan. Well, I found out later that that was the head of the Secret Service, and he got... He got fired because, oh, about three, four months later, here are these Secret Service are guarding Obongo when he's in Colombia. And here comes yeah, the Secret yeah. Service, and they essentially, they scrape the whores and stuff, yeah. Underage whores, and then they Doing pay drugs. the whores for the whores. The whores go ahead and bitch that they didn't get paid, and there's a big, there's a big scandal. And they get rid of that skill. They get rid of this guy named Sullivan. So you lying bastards, you lied to me twice. So you probably get on me if I lied to you. You know, try to send me a prison. But you worthless bastards want to lie to me. Why don't you even talk to you, you lying bastards? You know, I chewed on their ass here. But in any case, uh, for about 20 minutes. And then I called up, and yeah, I thought they probably were Secret Service agents. And they were. But... Any case, you know, any case, I thought they were Mormons, you know, a little bit old to be missionaries, but uh, they were fairly well dressed. They weren't in silk suits like Harold Covington says or anything like that. But no, no, you have, you have these, you have these people who do not know how to be. I mean, you know, really, really look at look at what happened, you know, in revolutionary Russia. You know, you had the czar. He had the secret police. He had, you know, he had uh, dossiers on what the Bolsheviks had for breakfast, and you know who they, you know, who their relatives were, who their friends were, what they were doing. Did it yeah. really save revolutionary Russia? The answer was no. It didn't save it at all. Uh, my hero, Iron Felix Dzerzhinsky, you know, he would he would simply round up the police at around two or three o'clock in the morning, torture them. And then send them, you know, send them, be torn apart by the mob, you know, and then he would send their families to a death camp. And he exterminated, what, over a quarter million, you know, of police mainly, you know, but lawyers and judges and the rest, and the rest here. The so, intelligentsia, what are, what as they are, call them you know, now. Well, not the, you know. Well, the not quite, enemy, yeah. You know, the yeah. enemy intelligentsia. And that's why I keep telling these idiots. I say, hey, look, you ought to, you ought to understand at least. You ought to understand at least that you know Hunter Wallace. You ought to understand is that hey, you're not going to win anything by a meme. Uh, Friday night, old Uncle Tom Zogpe, he wouldn't even let me have five minutes to speak. And here he is, the vice president for the American Freedom Party. You know what does he think freedom is? Does he really care for freedom? Does he like freedom? Uh, and the answer is hell no, he doesn't. You know, uh, he, I've gone ahead and looked at Wolfowitz, Welling, Wallstein, and he sounds the most like Brian Rio. What he will do is he will record and then he will try to control whatever the hell he has. And it will show up as eight minutes. And he has figured out how to control whenever he has up. And the answer is, is that how do you have, you know, with the control, it means that you don't trust. You don't trust ordinary people. You know what I mean? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Call them. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, in my chat room, I, I pretty well allow the tards. I pretty well allow the tards with their Marty Chomo and their stupid shit to show their ass. Uh, what else? You know, what else? You know what I mean? And you allow them to show their ass, and you don't really take it seriously. Uh, you know, it's too bad though because you know I've seen a lot of forums, and I mean your chat forum is no is no different. That you can't have any kind of rational conversation with anybody while all that shit is going on. You know, and I remember when uh, when. Uh, What's his name there? Um, guy who started Zog's Nightmare. He used to be an NSM guy. What the heck is his oh. name? Can't remember right now. Um, oh, Matt Ramsey, yeah. When he started Zog's Nightmare, like he said, oh, this is going to be a free speech forum and everything, too. And, you know, it never lasted. It was like a couple of weeks, and pretty soon they were kicking people out. And, you know, there was Nosball guys there and all kinds of stuff like that. And they would kick those guys out. You know, and I kind of said to him, like, you know, I, I understand what you're what you're trying to do. You're trying to keep the conversation on track a little bit. But, you know, some of these guys do have some interesting things to say, you know, and, like, I, I, I don't mind kicking out the Jews and everything, but when you start kicking out these other guys who are, they're white nationalists, but, no, they don't agree with national socialism, you know what I mean, which I never did either, and I told them that at the time, you know, it, it goes too far, you know, as soon as you start down that road. That is the, that's always been the problem with it. Well, you always have, you know, I don't know. I, you know, when I go right, I, I, have, I have a closed forum. I take, I take what is interesting, and since I have a closed forum, but people send an email at pastorlinstead at gmail.com if they want to be on my forum. Like R.J. Livegood here. He wanted to be on the forum. Well, yeah, fine. And what happens is that they're on it for a little while, and then they go off and do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one of the things that gets me is that this show has been on for five and a half years, you know, more or less here. And, uh, you know, no, I mean, they <sighs> – if you, you know, not the closest I've seen the actual freedom of speech was on Nimbusters, but on the other hand, yeah, it was Nimbusters yeah. shit was, was was just totally idiotic here. But the reason I allow the chat is that it allows somebody like say Buck McHugh or uh, what the last show, someone went ahead and gave me the nugget is that Greg Howard, Greg Howard. Uh, nine years ago, he used to work for Pfizer out of St. Louis, and now he is just simply a divorced, unemployed loser. Well, I mean, that's what he is. And, yeah. hey, it doesn't really matter. You know, so you, you go and you find out stuff. You're at, I had uh, Johnny Tunter Britton come in as guest number five, and then he said something that only uh, Johnny Tonto would really know. So I said, okay, uh, Tonto, uh you know, keep it up, and maybe I'll I'll go ahead and call Lorinda and so I tell her about Cody and Cochise here. You know, I mean, I don't know what it's, you know, I don't know what second folks call Cochise here. Anyway, Tonto, you know, Tonto Flat. Tonto was that his on. gay son or something, Cody? Yeah, Cody. It, it, uh, if I remember so, correctly. Oh, that was them That was them busters. I said, well, uh, you and your, either your nephew Jeff, who is a criminal, a drunken criminal, you know, or your daughter number four were 
you know, going ass to mouth in my chat room, and then uh, essentially, why does Nimbusters? You know, if that was you, I mean, did you tell the Nimbusters about your little fantasy about how uh, Alan LaRue or whatever, you know, uh, raped Charlemagne's sister and gave birth to Roland and Roland's your ancestor and all this good happy horse shit? I mean, the Nimbusters don't say that shit. You do say this shit, shit. And you know, actually, the Nimbusters forum... The sub-forum, the sub-girls forum, really wasn't that bad. That was actually a good section of it. I used to hang around there all the time. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of like, uh, uh, gun owner type guys there and survivalists, that sort of thing. Like, when you went over to the other part, like, that was like the real nigger ghetto over there, which was just all tranny porn and everything all day long. The conversation was twice as intelligent over on the other one if you ever managed to get there. Okay. Oh, some girls? Well, some girls. Yeah, some girls, yeah. After Brian Rio had taken down the first or second time. And I've been, I've been looking at, I've been looking at some of the old stuff. Brian Rio managed to take down some of the stuff. But what happens is that it got to where, you know, he didn't do like he threatened and sue them. And some of the stuff came up, came back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it did. Stan and, posted and, a rule uh, there for a while that you couldn't, you couldn't, it was the only rule I think that really the board ever had that you couldn't put, post any Brian Rio shit there for a while, but then he let it lax after a while. And, uh, we let it relax out, and especially Charles Deckard said, okay, no Brian Rio picks on the server, but you can put a link to another Brian Rio pick. Yeah. And yeah. essentially, uh, what happens? Brian Real actually kept Nimbusters going because old Stan was going to uh, shut it down May first here when the uh, domain name quit here, and then Brian Real started taking it down. He said, "Fuck you, Brian Real." You know, but you know, what happens? He took it down four times, and I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his little complaint. Essentially, it's all the same shit that he's already lost in federal court. And the only thing new is he's whining like a bitch here that I'm ruining his reputation by posting, uh, by posting this, uh, by posting this uh, thing for motion number 22 or number 24, uh, essentially about you know my answer to Brian Rio. Brian Rio's and reputation is that he's a cocksucker, though. You can't, I mean, you can't ruin that any worse than at all what he is, you know. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I ought to put up is that, hey, I, I've talked to the Lake County, Ohio clerk, and essentially they're not going to help me, but on the other hand, they really want, they really want, and I think the Lake County Sheriff's Department really want this, you know, character taken down. Uh, pretty well, I uh, I went ahead and sent a, for one case and the other one for Arbitron, I went ahead and sent them, hey, send me for, you know, they, they said, well, we'll do electronic for a dollar a page. I says, well, no, uh, send me the paper, send me the paper at a dime a page, and plus postage. So essentially, I'm going to go ahead and get that. I need to respond, and from what I gather, I'm looking at the Ohio Rules of Court, and essentially, I can name, you know, he, he's claiming that he's a private, he's a private individual. No, he's not. He used to claim to be a private individual, essentially a 
he used to claim, you know, he doesn't have, he's not really a private individual. So therefore, under what U.S. versus Sullivan and uh, or New York Times versus Sullivan and Hustler Magazine versus Falwell, I mean, essentially, I can ridicule him all I want. But what he's lying about is that I'm taking public records and showing them to where, you know, he doesn't look good. Oh, he can't get a job as a policeman. He's trying well, to get a job here. as a policeman? He's been trying to get a job as a policeman. And what police department would hire that guy? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, here is a self-loathing nigger faggot, a self-loathing nigger mongrel faggot who hates white men, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he is, he is, he is a... You know, he is a disaster waiting to happen. And from what I gather, what I gather, he tried to apply to the Springfield and Joplin Police Department, of all things. And they said, okay, let's go ahead and Google. You know, I mean, the first thing they do, you know, a (laughs) landlord or whatever, they look up, they look, they Google the name, they Google the name. And what they see is Brian Rio's bogus DMCA complaint form. Then they go ahead and see Brian Rio did this, Brian Rio did that, Brian Rio, you know, is a liar. Brian Rio is, you know, Brian Rio is suspected of murdering, you know, uh, you know, Catherine Williams. Well, folks, I believe he did. Until I found out, until I found out there was a, it actually was a different Brian Real who accidentally killed in South Carolina. This one, but here's Brian Real. He writes an article and puts on his blog about how he has an MP3 recorder for just in case he gets an accident with some older ladies. You know what I mean? What's that supposed to mean? Well, for the gets an accident with an older lady, like he stages, he stages. He stages a automobile accident and essentially records it as it makes him look good. Why, guess what? You know, why, hey, I just happened to be taking this recording. If it makes him look bad, it disappears. You know what I mean? Uh, what a freak. That's what he does. Oh, heck, what he, what he did, what he did is that he reprinted Eli James' November 1st, 2000, 2010 article, Rabbi Lindstedt you know, race traitor or whatever. But Eli James wrote, called me a convicted child molester. He ended up there. He ended up there until he decided, I think, to sue me. So then he took it down from his blog, you know, that he was giving over on things. But he's reprinting, he's reprinting calling me a convicted child molester, you know, on things for him, written by Eli James. Now, that's libel per se. You know what I mean? He knows that I wasn't convicted of any such thing. Yeah. But, you know, he goes ahead and he prints that thing up, and then he pretends that, oh, he didn't know anything about it here. But now, you know, see, what he does is that he he stages he stages a, he stages trouble, and then if it makes him look good, he takes it down. That's what he's bitching about. You're putting up these public records here, which should be concealed because they're about me. Well, no. I don't know if they're public records or public records. Yeah, well, that's why. That's what. Besides, he was the one who put them up anyway, probably. Well, originally, this, these Lake County, these Lake County, Ohio, these Lake County, Ohio lawsuits. They're they're public records here, and from what I gather, they I think the the 
the people of Lake County want me to send Brian Rio to prison or want me to, you know, screw him up here. And essentially I looked at it and I've been looking at the Ohio rules of court. And essentially I can go ahead and join her. I can join her just like I did, uh, you know, in the federal lawsuit, which ended up to a judge dismissing it. I can join her. I can join her, you know, thank Eli James, uh, you know, Meerkat Mark Downey, maybe Maggie, you know, Matt Twat Zogbot. I mean, I can go ahead and, uh, you know, join her by another 20, 30 people. And essentially, you know, I have no doubt that Eli James will turn on Brian Rear. But I played, I don't know if you heard it, I played where here's, you know, here is Brian Rio, Brian Rio telling, you know, essentially telling Fink that him and Eli James and others had a criminal conspiracy going on to take down my webpage, and he drafted up for Eli James to write up a bogus DMCA complaint, and Eli James didn't do it because his real name ain't Eli James. Yeah, I did hear that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, it's still up on Fink's, you know, it's up on it's up on Fink's talk sheet page, and it's up on Fink's uh, other. Fink is, Fink is sort of scared to remove Fink is sort of scared to remove some of the stuff. The reason he's scared to remove this stuff is that he's scared, you know, he, he got sent to prison not for murdering a Puerto Rican sneak thief. He got sent to prison. Uh, he got sent to prison, and from my gather, he actually think out, you know, the the other pig who wasn't as guilty as he was. He thinked him out in return for a smaller sentence. So is he on parole now or something then, or what? No, he was on parole until May of 2011 or 2012. Okay, so he can't get sent back then. They can't really send him back, but he is is scared because he got sent to prison for a civil rights violation. So whenever whenever I, like this, pray for my success, where uh, Meerkat Mark... Downey and a few others have said, "Go ahead, file." You know, he, you know, I mean, the first thing I did, first thing I did on my answer is I showed this thing. Pray for my success. The evil one in Missouri. He has a cattle ranch. I'm going to take all his money, all his property, everything here, and leave him destitute and penniless. You know, blah 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 blah. And essentially, that shows that he has criminal intent. You well, know, if he's if he's already been popped too for a civil rights violation. I mean, that's just going to make it look ten times worse for his second one, you know. Well, yeah, that's... that's What's a jury going to say to that? That's why... That's why he is... That's why he, uh... What he'll do is he'll hide it from... It it still exists, because I know how to run a PHPBB and a VBOL form. You know, Fink will not... You know, Fink will not destroy that record, because essentially he went to prison, and he, you know, I mean, especially conspiracy to violate civil rights, you know, and a U.S. You know, I mean, think is scared of going back to prison. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I don't blame him. Well, <laughs> who wants to go back to prison? Who wants to go back to prison here? But uh, you know, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, Eli well, James is just. Oblivious. If he was smart, he'd help you in exchange for not getting uh, not getting wrapped up in that thing. That's what I think. But uh, well, that's that is that's something happen. you'd have to run past him, I suppose. That is what happened uh, when uh, Brian Rue was pulling you know, a lot of his shit. He used to, you know, he supposedly said, 
you're going to get me sent back to prison with your stupid shit. And they, you know, he, he, you know, I mean, essentially, Brian Real is an anti-racist activist. Sink is a Jew who's been sent in, and Eli James is another Jew sent in uh, to essentially infiltrate. And Sink uh, was bitching at Brian Real about, well, essentially getting him in trouble. So, uh, any case, uh, I have no idea, and probably think might you know Brian Real might very well be listening to this, just like Johnny Tonto probably was. You know, maybe he's listening right now. You never know. Okay. Uh, who knows? Yeah, don't okay. doubt it. Actually, yeah. Okay, I think guest number fifty-five might be one of the Deweyites here. Uh, I called in for my Garrett Dewey is recovering. Dewey's recovering. What did he have? Uh, yeah, a stroke or something, wasn't On the 22nd of September, had a massive heart attack. Oh, a heart attack. September. Okay, yeah. Yeah, wow. and what what happens is that he has this new, he has this Dixie translation, and actually it clears up a lot of the crap from the King James Bible. But he was covering Romans chapter 6, and verse 1, he says, Shall we sin that grace may abound? You know, and... Uh, Essentially, uh, you know, the King James says, God forbid, but uh, Dewey says, absolutely not. And the answer is, is that if you, if you are not, if you are not, essentially if you don't have free will, if Yahweh is in control of all things, it's Yahweh who's doing the sinning, not you. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you don't have the... Hmm? Yeah, essentially, yeah. That's one way to yeah. put it, I suppose. I yeah. mean, that's... that's, that's <laughs> See, Dewey believes in reincarnation. Doesn't he believes in no free will? So I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the reincarnation. I don't agree with the uh, no free will. And such so a free will isn't mentioned in the Bible, but choice is. Uh, you know, in fact, in fact, Romans chapter six is pretty well saying is that hey, once you are, once you are, you know, a Christian or a follower of Christ or such a follower of the way. You are not supposed to go out and sin some more so that grace may abound. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have seen a bunch of these people, be it Baptists or whatever, and they say the parable of the of the servant who Yahweh forgave, you know, the master forgave. He lived to one servant, he forgave ten times as much for another servant. Who, which servant did the master love the most? And essentially the one who got forgiven for most, you know, the debt for more stuff here. And that's been used as an excuse to... Yahweh loves a sinner, and so Yahweh loves a sinner who sins a lot, a lot more than a sinner who loves a little, you know, sins a little. So go out and sin so that God may love you a lot. Well, yeah, that, Paul, you know, Paul is saying, well, you you actually have some people who have said that, and they've created some sort of religion out of it too. So like the Bell Cult Assembly, I think here. Where, it sounds like go ahead, sounds like the Talmud, where you just go out and break every law you can, you know, and then everything's okay. You know, uh, everything's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul said, you know, certainly not. Okay. So if you are not supposed to go out and keep sinning so that grace may abound, so you'll get more and more grace because you're sinning more and more and more, that means that you have a choice as to whether or not to sin. Yeah. If you have a choice, then that means pretty well contrary to what they're they're saying. I was listening off and on. Doesn't doesn't Jesus say somewhere 
pretty much right out in the open. I set before uh, before you a choice between uh, life and death, so choose life. I mean, well, obviously that tells you right there that you have a choice, you know. You have a choice. And the yeah. Bible, like, you know, like, you know, pretty Moses, clear. Moses and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai to choose you this day here, and you have choice. Now, you know, in any case, you you have questions, and folks, I'm not an absolute free willist here. I mean, in many cases, Yahweh wants something done, it will get done. Moses did not want to go to Egypt. Moses, no. uh, Moses uh, was trying to weasel out every little excuse here, including not circumcising, including and, not circumcising his uh, oldest uh, the old son, and guess what? His wife had to take a sharp rock and cut the foreskin off of uh, Moses' oldest son. So there's that. You know, maybe Moses, too. I don't know. But essentially, Moses was trying to weasel out. Yeah, and Jonah um, didn't want to go to Nineveh either until he spent three days in the whale. Same thing. Well, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've said here. Uh, and I, you know, people say Jonah was a coward. No, Jonah was a contemporary of Amos and Hosea and Joel, and essentially they're all saying, is it, guess what, Israel? Soon. You know, like in, well, within 50 years, Israel will be taken captivity by these Assyrians, you know, by the Neo-Syrian Empire. They're going to be, they're going to be scattered very soon, and parts of them, you know, in the Transjordan were taken away 20 years later. With the rest of them taken away, what, 722 to 719 with various deportations. And, you know, not all the Israelites were taken. You know, they were, you know, probably the very poor, the very ones who essentially ran out, ran into the woods or whatever, and, you know, didn't have a lot of stuff here. Why? It didn't get all of them, but it didn't get a good deal. They got the richer ones, they got the leader ones. You know, just like the Judean captivity in Babylon happened. Yeah. Uh, and in the case of Judean captivity, why Daniel and his little, you know, beta buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all geldings. They were, you know, they, you know Nebuchadnezzar had their nuts cut. You know what I mean? I didn't know. So, oh, yeah, well, it supposedly occurred because Hezekiah showed the Babylonians the treasures of his, of his palace and that of Yahweh's temple. And uh, pretty well, you know, Isaiah told Hezekiah, well, your sons and grandsons are going to get gilded here because of your stupid shit. You know what I mean? And then he had, huh? Interesting. It says says it's going to happen. And this was, what, around seven, you know, I mean, the Assyrians came a decade after, around 709 B.C., and, you know, uh, he got a little bit extra time, so here he's telling these Babylonians who are sort of at odds with the Assyrians, he's showing their stuff, and, oh, pretty well 110 or 120 years, they were carried away captivity as well. And uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were geldings here. They had their nuts cut when they were teenagers or something like that here, you know, because they were... Uh, you know, the whole idea was, guess what? We're not going to have any princelings or anything like that during up rebellion. They're not going to stir up rebellion if their nuts are cut because they won't be able to have 
essentially won't be able to have children and set up a ruling dynasty. So that's what happened to them. Any case, yeah. with the with the Israelites, they were indeed they were indeed not all of them. You know, the Samaritans they had a good deal of Israelite blood here. And like I explained at the beginning of the show, I don't know if you were there. Uh, you know, you have had you have had white people who have been absorbed into the line of Adam. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter nineteen or twenty says you. You come across a white city, you besiege it. If they open the, you know, they open the gates here. Why, you uh, you let them live, and after three generations, they'll be part of the Israelite family. Now, obviously, yeah. you weren't besieging niggers, and of a certain people, mainly these Amorites, you know, these Gibeonites who caused trouble, these Jews, these Canaanites. Why, you kill them all. You kill everything that breathes. You don't leave anything alive. But you know, if you're far, far away, and you're coming across an, you know, an Adamite city, why, hey, you know, if they open their gates, why, you let them live, and they'll be slaves for three generations, but after three generations, they'll be part of the Israelite family. Okay. Because they're Adamites, okay. though. Because, of, well, you know, you got to wonder here is that, you know, I, I've heard that there was a genetic change somewhat here among white people somewhere around 55, you know, between 6,000 and 5,000 years B.C. According to Septuagint, why creation occurred 55 or 5,400 B.C. So essentially this was a addition of Adamite DNA to the Cro-Magnon men. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So as a result, as a you know, see, so pretty well... I gotta ask you a question, Mark. About about the French. They're pretty much a um a Ice Age era um white population. You know, they've been living there continuously for now for ten thousand years or whatever. Are they Adamites or are they roughly oh, something no, they're, else? They're 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 Adamites and they're Israel, they're Adamites and they're main cases Israelites. You have you know, you have in the worldwide church now, they like saying, well, it's the tribe of Reuben. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. Uh, but but as, as a result, what, what uh, you, you had, you had a number of these European people, like the Iberian Peninsula. It said Iberian, a.k.a., you know, Hebrew or whatever. And so you had Portugal. Uh, Port, the Portuguese were the most prone to miscegenation, you know they they it wasn't a very big was a very big country, and when they would go out to Brazil or Africa to conquer it, they would send their young men out, and they would you know they would hump Indian women or nigger women in Angola or Mozambique or whatever they they uh, you know they had Mozambique and Angola and the uh, and they went to India in case of Goa, and they had Brazil. So as a result, they miscegenated quite a bit. They brought back these nigger slaves, and they miscegenated as well. And so, you know, the Spanish didn't miscegenate quite as much here. And the French, well, they were known, based on the French fur traders, they were known for miscegenating with squaws. Oh, yeah, so, for sure, yeah. For sure. The anyway, Métis is what uh, they call them here. 
Huh? In Canada, the Métis is what they call them here. The Métis, quite a, the, yeah, the, Métis the, is the, the product of the uh, yeah offspring so, of them. And, yeah. and so you had you had some of that going on here. Uh, John Britton's wife, you know, supposedly she's French Canadian here, and I found out I didn't find out until what the whole summer of 2013 that essentially the Britton family came from Northeast Arkansas. That's the Indian territory, and John Britton. Claims to be called six killer. That is not a white name. It's an Indian name. So I think I think John Britton has a good deal of you know, Indian in him. Especially he doesn't want to show his face. At least not to me. He used to uh, oh he used to oh impersonate you know in order to drop he would go ahead and put in you know especially fake pictures that he said was him, and then he laughed that they weren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think he was pulling the same thing on me. Uh, so you have all these characters here. This R.D. Bradshaw. Uh, I was listening. You know, Giant Tonto was bitching. Here's R.D. Bradshaw. Uh, last year or earlier this year, he went to Cyprus to see this Aussie Jew rabbi who's now living in Israel called Brit Am called Yer Davidy, who wants to get British Israelite people to realize that Jews are Judah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, I and Willie Martin wouldn't allow that to happen back in 1998. And so, yeah, David, he doesn't care for me. Anyway, he, kikes he are the, kikes are the synagogue of Satan. They're not Israelites or anything else. I mean, yeah, you, you know, there's no question. Yeah, and Willie Martin, Willie Martin, Willie Martin was halfway acting like he was going to listen to us. So you got to be kidding. You, you Jews are yeah, exactly. Things. You know, you got to be kidding. And then he that's a Willie, joke. He got, you know, he he pretty well understood that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Here. But in case here's this uh, here's this R. D. Bradshaw, and you look at his webpage, it's all just Talmudism, and here he is like a Jew, like uh, Richard Nimler claiming. Claiming that, uh, guess what? Guess what? Uh, he uh, he's claiming that the you know the doctrine of dual seed line Christianity is taken from the Talmud. Well, how long has the Talmud been around? The traditions of men were there during the time of Jesus Christ, but it wasn't written down. You know, the pre-Mishnah was not written down until you know, A.D. 72, because there was this Edomite rabbi uh, named Akira who got out of Jerusalem, and he convinced the Romans to let him set up a religious school. As yeah. far as it would be the age of 144, and then the Romans crucified him because what happens, he was an Edomite Jew, and they, the Romans destroyed the temple. So that means they destroyed the Sadducee element, they destroyed the Levitical priesthood, and so why would the Romans allow that? Well, the Romans knew the Edomites really were Jews as opposed to Israelites or Judeans. Yeah. So anyway, you you will have the very soonest you could have had that sort of pre, you know, Mishnah was 166 B.C., uh, you know, when uh, essentially one of the Maccabees told the Edomites they had to convert to Judaism. Before that, they worshipped rocks and, you know, Baal, and they worshipped their own little Baal and, yeah. and all that, Molech and all this here. 
well, they worship their own gods. Now they got to, you know, now they they are just like the uh, the Spanish Marino Jews. They, you know, they have to they have to obey the the religious law. They got to get circumcised. They got to do this. They got to do that. And so as a result, they they try to get around it, and then they have what these rabbis, are, you know, an invasion of getting around that. So essentially, the Talmud, even as oral stage, can have been older than 166 B.C., but the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament, you know, dates to around 260 to 50 B.C. Yeah. So under Ptolemy you, II. You so see, I can, I, can un- I can understand how somebody could make that mistake, though, because when you, when you do read through the Talmud, you do see quite explicitly stated, oh, that uh, only... Uh, quote, Jews are Adam and everybody else is cattle and blah, 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 which is it's kind of similar to the same thing that you find in dual seed line Christian identity. But the thing is, is like I went, you know, I poke around your forum every now and again and I read the papers there, and you can see that it's all, like you don't need the Talmud to arrive at that same conclusion. You can just read through the uh, through the Old Testament and you arrive at the same thing, that there are, Two seed lines, one is Adam, one is not. You know, it it, it doesn't have to come from the Talmud. It comes from the Old well, Testament well, is where it, it comes did, from, yeah. Did. I mean, Christ, Christ has these Edomite Judeans claim, well, we're Abraham's children and never were we enslaved. Well, they were enslaved under David and under Solomon, and then they rebelled under Rehoboam, and then they were re-enslaved by some of the, more powerful Israelite kings, and then they were, you know, then they were allowed to, essentially they would rebel in the case of Ahab's son, and you would you would have them, you know, they were slaves, but, you know, they weren't slaves in a foreign land. They were enslaved in Edom. And essentially the Edomites, they were around Mount Seir. They were in the Negev Desert. They were in the place which is north, of the Red Sea, you know, north of the Red Sea, and they would have a caravan, and their caravan would go from, you know, take stuff from India and go by camel, you know, up to Damascus and then elsewhere. So essentially they had they had this area in the Sinai and south of Moab to where essentially that was their land, that was their property. And they were, yes, they may have been enslaved or maybe they tribute by David Solomon, but they were not actually put to the lash, you know, put yeah. to the lash and deported. You know what I mean? Real, genuine Christ, slaves, yeah. So Christ, Christ didn't altogether argue with them. He said, well, he admitted, okay, if you are Esau, Edom, yes, you are, you are, well, especially cousins to the Israelites here, even though uh, two-thirds of you or more of you are of this Edomite Canaanite stock here from these Hittite women. So anyway, then he gets annoyed at him. He says, well, you are of your father, the devil. You tell lies. And then yeah. you're also the first murderer, which is of Cain. And essentially, you know, he's, really getting on to, he's really getting on to their true antecedents, and they're not saying, well, you're a liar, Christ, because he knows, you know, he knows and they know who exactly they are. So, contrary to Rabbi Fink saying that Paul was the first dual seed line Christian identity preacher in the New Testament, that was actually Christ who previously said. Now, 
a lot of us, you know, white men who were who have been in Christian identity, we have a good deal of suspicion of those like Spank and Eli James who misquote Paul. And you will have some like, you know, Elder Gary Blackwell of Michigan. Uh, you know, I mean, he's been on my show and he has been screaming about how the Baptist religion is screwed up because of Paul, and Paul ought to be cut, cut out of the Bible, and of course I listen. I don't agree. You know, I don't agree with that at all. But yeah. you know, on the other hand, on the other hand, I do believe that Paul belongs in there. But Paul was really sent to the court Gentiles. And so I you know, the way I get around a lot of this is say, well, are you an Israelite or a Gentile? And if you're a Gentile, then Paul's your apostle. And you will have idiots like Russ Walker. He doesn't even know what an apostle is. I didn't either. It just simply meant one who sent. And so he got on my show, gets on my show on the retard on the retard time. And you know, I mean, pretty much, I tell him is that well, guess what? Uh, you know, and I need to resume that understanding. You'll see my Chris Sandini show, but you know, no. <laughs> I mean, Paul, you know. Paul was sent to bring in these people who had lost their identity. Uh, they lost their identity when they were deported. Essentially, so, uh, the ten among, lost tribes is what he was really well, actually, supposed 13, to be going to. Actually, all thirteen, because you essentially, uh, you know, the Assyrians came in and they took. They pretty well took when they deported the Israelites. They went into Judea. And essentially, Jerusalem and five other fenced cities were not taken. So essentially, if you were outside these six cities, you were scooped up too. You know what I mean? So all yeah. the tribes, all the tribes were deported. Uh, around 740, under King Menachem or whatever, uh, the you know the Trans Jordan was scooped up. You know, half tribe Manasseh, uh, Gad, and Reuben was scooped up, and also the tribe of Nathalie was scooped up. I mean, essentially, they scooped up a good deal of them in 740. Well, they came back, uh, 722 took more of them, and 719, they took what was left. And then a decade later, here they are, uh, you know, against against the walls of Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, here's Hezekiah, and Yahweh kills off 180,000. Uh, Syrian troops and uh, Sennacherib, he, uh, you know, he gets not only because of that, but he, you know, he finds out the two of his sons are plotting against them in uh, Nineveh. And what happens? He gets to Nineveh, and uh, his two sons uh, manage to pry up one of these big old winged bull statues called a Lamasu or something like that, and squish old Sennacherib, you know, flatter than a pancake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you go ahead. You go ahead and read. You go ahead and read about that stuff. Well, his uh, son Esarhaddon, Esarhaddon comes back and uh, kills the two rebellious sons that are either older than him or younger than him, and then he, uh, you know, later on he conquers Babylon or something. <coughs> like that. But about a hundred years later, a hundred years later in six twelve. You have Nineveh becoming sort of like Stalingrad, and the Ninevites lose. And they have the Egyptians. They have the Egyptians trying to save the Assyrians because the Assyrians had conquered a good deal of Egypt. 
And uh, one of them's trying to save the Nevites. He tells King Joash, uh, don't get involved in this or I'm going to kill your stupid ass. Yahweh wants me to go up this way and don't mess with me. And Joash decides to have a fight, and he gets wounded, and he dies. So he is supposedly a righteous king who, you know, you know, didn't listen to good sense, I guess. Yeah. But you you have all this, you do have all this history. And uh, so generally, generally I have been lied to by people who claim to be Israelites who I don't believe are Israelites. And so the answer is, is I think, you know, how is your behavior? I mean, how, you know, I mean, it does matter. It does matter, but I don't. I don't say that blonde, only blonde, blue-eyed people are Israelites here. Uh, my uh, a sister and brother, they were blonde, blue-eyed. You know, I'm I I've been sort of dark-haired. You know, and so I, I think it's I think it's a sort of that you know who you are, or you sense who you are. You sense the truth, and you are able to respond to it. You are on a certain wavelength. Yeah. So yeah. the answer, so the answer, the answer is, is that you know, Paul Pat Prince, unlike Johnny Tonto, why, you know, no, I don't trace my bloodline back to King Saul. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. really don't here. You, you're, you're oh, who can? So, but there has to be, there has to be a remnant. There is a remnant. So there is a remnant for Yahweh to come, you know, for Christ to come back. And to, you know, and to save, and so you understand, you understand that sort of, you understand that sort of thing here. And I have just been, you know, here's this R.D. Bradshaw, and you know, pretty well, he says, well, hey, after three generations, uh, Jeremy Visser can be back in the uh, in the seed line. No, you know, I mean, Visser is an Indian. You know, what I mean, his, you know, his full-blooded brother, you know, he looks like an Indian. His full-blooded brother looks like an Indian, and so I'm li- I'm going ahead and look at Queenie Cameron and this you know this heifer. I- I'm not sure if she's an Israelite or not. I hear she's married to a Jew, but on the other hand, for whatever reason, she wants to dig up. She wants to dig up the dirt on Wick and Fink and uh, Eli James, and I-, I wish she would sort of leave Dewey alone, but. You know, she, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to guess number 53. I was looking on my, I was looking on my compact, my ancient old compact computer. And it was saying talk shoe, it had talk shoe number instead of guess number eight. So it's showing a different code. It's showing a different code uh, on my old ancient old compact you know, uh, from 2009, your laptop. Oh, that's you know, not that old. Well, sort of like, you know, that's what I'll say. It's sort of like wearing the sunglasses and they live. You know what I mean? You see, yeah, you see yeah. something different. You see something different in the old compact. But uh, in case, what's 129? Let's see, you've been going on for about, what, three hours now. So that's good, I guess, here. But... Anyway, yeah, I was I was I was fall asleep. I stayed up, I stayed up till about nine o'clock, and then I got up around 
Oh, I had to get up a couple times to take care of Roxy here. So I got up around two or three. and Oh, so much tired. But what I'm going to do is that, you know, I'm, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, essentially I'm going to try to essentially, you know, tell this judge that you are violating the law. And essentially this case is not all the gear dismissed. It's just sitting there. It's waiting to be resurrected when the federal judge removes, you know, essentially you know, eliminates the last of the case. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, I mean, here you are violating the law, violating the black letter law, and I, of all people, am able to call you on it. You know what I mean? Well, so, like you say, though, Martin, it's just lawless now. So, just this I mean, you can prove the guy's lawless all you want, but he'll just say, you know what, so I am. So Fuck what? you, your case is dismissed, or I'm going to put this judgment in against you when he can't even do it. I mean, you know, I just... I that's, don't know. That's exactly what it, that's exactly what it is, <laughs> but this lawlessness, this lawlessness cannot, should not, and will not go on forever. You know, that, that's... No. What, what I've seen is that supposedly they had this zombie con or whatever, and somebody went there and was shooting people at it here. I was catching some of that. Uh, and you what, have, at a zombie convention? Yeah, this zombie con or something like that. I was looking at the nightly news a little bit here while I was taking care of Roxy or whatever. Were they walking and, around with, like, a crossbow or something like that? <laughs> no, they were bringing, they brought guns to it or something like that. Holy you shit. When you, when you, when you go ahead and, when you go ahead and put up to where no guns allowed, law-abiding people say, hey, I can get in trouble if I bring a gun. Uh, to somebody like uh, somebody like uh, what these you know these nigger faggots or whatever that did the shooting or something like that here, that tells them is that hey they can go ahead and kill whoever the hell they want to, and they'll have what five or ten minutes before the police come. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was funny. And somebody on another forum I read about that was was saying something like they're going to have to send in people with machine guns to uh, guard the uh, gun-free zone. You know, like, that's how stupid it is, you know? Well... Doesn't make not, any not, sense. Not the gun-free... I mean, really, for all purposes here, you see something that says gun-free zone? I mean, you know, the way it is is that I, I heard that when they did this thing at Rosedale, they said, we've had 271 days this year so far, and we've had 294 major shootings here. Okay. Okay. The country's full of niggers, though. That's you know, well, it's full of lawless niggers, just like it's full of lawless judges. That's I mean we, I mean we've all, we never had guns in Canada. I kind of wish we'd change that because I just plain like them myself. But <laughs> but the reason why we don't have much crime is because we never had like subhumans roaming around by the millions in this country either. You know, it's white people. Now you do, and now you do. And now we do, and now you're beginning to see, you go to places like Toronto, and they got no-go zones there, just like everything else, neighborhoods that the cops won't even go into. You know, we never had that before, when it was just white people. Well, Everybody was, was brothers, we were all related, you know, you don't do that thing, to do, do that kind of thing to your own family. Right, but they're not your family. Oh, no, not these, these niggers and packies and everything, but when we were all no. white people... You know, it was amazing, Martin. Like, 
I talked to my mother and father, you know, every now and again, and I came from the city of Windsor, right, which has got like 200,000 people, has had 200,000 people for the last 50, 60 years. And, you know, back in their generation, they knew everybody in town. Like, I can, I can name some kid, like, that I met someplace, right, oh, his name's like uh, Jacobson or something like that, right? Well, they know what neighborhood the guy came from, what high school his parents went to, uh, you know, everything about him, because they knew everybody at the time. Back when it was a when when it was white Canada, and now shoot, you don't know anybody. You don't know people three lived three houses down from you. It's, it's definitely you changed. You don't want to know. No, you and you don't want to know. Them. Yeah. And so, so as a result, there is really no community. But what what you see is that in Germany, they are kicking out. They're kicking out fifty-year-old and sixty-year-old women out of their own house. And they are essentially talking about moving ethnic Germans out in order to you know, to bring in these creatures, of which what three quarters of them are young, military-aged males. And does anybody think that you know, that's going to work good peacefully, or certainly not peacefully? Well, you see, so you, you result, know, you asked the question, Martin. How much are people willing to take? Well, obviously, they're willing to take that because they're not doing anything about it either. And, like, the United States is not any different. Canada's not any different. We'd take that shovel full of shit and swallow it right down just as soon as the Germans and the Swiss and the Dutch and everybody else will. Unbelievable, you you know. Thank you. May I have another? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Three bags full. Three bags full. But... I don't know. What I try to do, what I try to do, is try to edge it closer to a flashpoint, to where there will be essentially there won't be any choice but to kill. Uh, there won't be any choice except but to destroy, you know, destroy these evil, you know, people here. But the pigs are not that particular tough anymore. They whine and they bitch here if they get shot or uh, wounded or whatever. The pigs are not that really particularly tough either. You know what I mean? Well, they think they are. But they haven't come up against anybody yet who really is tough, though. Like, you see, when you, when you put a cop up against a criminal, what's the only thing a criminal wants to do? He wants to run away just as fast as he can, right? And mm-hmm. that makes a cop feel pretty tough. Now, put somebody who actually wants to... They want to take those fuckers out, right, and see how tough they are in that situation, you know, when nobody's running oh, yeah. from them anymore. In fact, they're running to them. I mean, that's when you're going to see what they're really made of, and it's not going to be very much. Well, what, 10 years ago, uh, you know, pretty well 45, you know, only 45% of the you know, New Orleans state showed up. You know what I mean? The rest yeah, of them yeah. Blue, blue. Uh, the nigger pigs were looting with the rest of the niggers, in fact. Yeah, I remember seeing that, then, yeah. You know, then what happens is only 45% of them showed up, and then they are, in some cases, killing, you know, well, killing niggers, but they're they're just running wild here. So. Actually, when you want to see a good example, you probably remember this from a bunch of years back, the uh, Rodney King riots about how when they started rioting and there was like, you know, there'd be like 50 cop cars and they were 
I remember seeing pictures of them. They were all backing up and leaving, 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 you know, like as quick as they could go. As soon as the riot started, and then it was just like every man for himself after that. No police protection whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, there's the perfect example. You stand up to them, they'll collapse, they'll fall back. No question about it. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll, so, so there isn't anything really, you know, I mean, what, what, I, what I see is like Hillary and Bernie and the rest of these tards here. You know, here they are talking about, well, we're going to make 1% pay here for, you know, for college for everybody. Well, do you have that many people who need college, you know, who will have a job with college? They will not do anything? College, isn't it? No. It's an absolute joke to begin with. Like my brother always says, you know, you go there and you get your shitty little bachelor arts degree in geography or whatever, absolutely, totally useless they charge you $20,000 a year to get it, and they're, they're giving you like $200 a year in actual education. The other $19,800 is paying for the, for the engineering student who's paying $20,000 and getting a $100,000 education. That's all you're there for. When you're going yeah, there to get all those little crap degrees, you're there to pay for the, the engineers to become engineers. The, the STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, the so-called ones which require that. I mean, in many cases, like this happened, what, a couple of years ago with Disney in Orlando. They decided to bring in these Indians, these Pakis, and they do bring them in. And they are training, you know, I mean, essentially you have 90 days to train your replacement or you're not going to get any, you're not going to get any, thing at all. And what they did is replace they replaced these white workers. Now, if they were serious and Donald Trump did get down on old uh Zuckerbergler. He says, folks, I mean if it's a matter of that here, instead of essentially allowing you to, you know, bring them over and pay them what, a fifth or a third or a half of what you pay an ordinary American, if it's a matter of you don't have enough American you know, scientists, engineers, mathematicians, and technicians. Yeah, that was the what idea. What happens is that every single, every single H-1B, you have to not only pay what you're going to pay him, but you have to pay to the government. You have to pay to the government in taxes. I mean, essentially, you have to pay twice what you're what you would pay an American to do. And so yep. then, guess what? How many H-1B uh, visas would you have? There wouldn't be any. You know, not. I mean, well, you know, far fewer. And the answer is that, you know, and that's what, you know, that's what Trump was telling. That's what Trump was telling uh, the Zuckerbergler is that, hey, look. But but on the other hand, I, I was looking at this, this bitch at Rosendale, you know, at, you know, what, at Rosenberg, Rosendale, whatever here in Oregon. And here she is yapping. Here she is yapping about how we need more gun laws here as opposed to, you know, nigger faggot laws here. You know, yeah. control nigger nutty faggot. And I was thinking, is shit. Maybe I ought. You know, anybody who advertises on CNN, I should not. I should not buy anything from that particular uh, thing here. In the case of Facebook, I don't buy anything that's advertised on Facebook. There's a bunch of shit advertised on Facebook. I don't even know if advertising really works anymore. You know what I mean? 
pretty well the print media got, you know, pretty well the print media got messed up here. The music industry, why it's not selling CDs anymore. Nobody buys a CD. They just buy streaming music. And now they have, you know, these tours to where you, you know, to pay 80 or $100 to see, you know, to see a rock star like Taylor Swift run around and show her ass here. You know what I mean? Yeah. What what what's the point of that here? I, I used to like her a lot better, what four or five years ago, you know. But now she has to play sex kitten whore or something like that, and you know, I, you know, I don't really mind that so much. But I mean, what is the point of? I mean, just go ahead and look at her videos for free on YouTube, I guess, if you want, and take the music off the bat. You know the I mean? music industry really is insidious, though, you know. Well, it's kike run, so it has to be, right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's it's the country music is that really, it really gets me because you have these, you'll have us like the same artist, I, you know, I don't even hardly know any of them because I don't listen to that shit anyway, but every now and again I'll be listening to the radio and some one of the idiots here will have it on some crap country station. And you hear them play like two songs back to back, and it'll be like uh, one of them will be like an ode to Jesus. It'll be like a nice Christian song, you know, good message and everything. And then right the the next one after that will be the same guy, and it's like uh, I'm cheating, he's cheating, we're all drinking, getting drunk all night, and you know, screwing around in the whole. Almost like like the two by putting them side to side like that are are sort of related. You know, like you can be a total godless scumbag and a Christian at the same time. Like that's how insidiously the the Jews are playing with the whole thing right now. You know, and I maybe some other people don't see it, but uh, I'll tell you, I sure do. You gotta you gotta wonder how long anything's. I mean, like these homosexuals. I mean, for all practical purposes, you end up having these idiots who are addicted to their own dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, why don't you just say, you know, rather than do something nasty like put in somebody's poop shoot, why don't you just stay home and beat off here? You know what I mean? You know, just, just stay home and beat off here, and okay, you had your fun. Now it's time to do something useful here. But you know, I mean, it's catering. It's catering to people who essentially can't control themselves or don't want to control themselves, and they're told that what they're doing is godly. In fact, it's better than godly because you're so much better than these, you know, ordinary breeders who, you know, essentially raise their families or, you know, essentially mind their own business or just live for their children or for their Spouses, or for their parents, or for well, especially for God. But no, you know, no, you you end up you have a society which is glorifying the most perverted, most perverse, stupid shit, which isn't even economically feasible. Oh, uh, you know and, the last the last stage of any basically dying, decaying civilization is when it fags out. Essentially, I mean, you look well, at Greece yeah. and Rome and everything. You know, there's, everybody knew that 200 years ago, and that's why we burned faggots at the stake and uh, ran them through with spears when we caught them, you know, things like that, because we knew that you let this thing get out of hand, and that's going to be the end of your civilization. And yet now we we think like, 
oh, you know, this is our civilization is being born. It's like it's it's going to be greater because we allow these homos to just fag out and wig out. You know, it's the absolute opposite. We've always known that. Well, it used to be used to be even is that hey, uh, you know, we'll sort of allow some of the stuff if it doesn't get out of hand. But on the other hand, once they know they won't be in trouble for it at all, why it does get out of hand quick enough. Yeah, absolutely. It does very quickly. It does get out of hand. But then, you know, I mean, see, some of these people, they act like they think they're going to be in power forever. And the answer is that, if guess what? If a judge can do whatever he wants to, then the question isn't changing the law. The question is changing whoever's in power. But, you know, once you get into politics, once you get into politics, you learn it isn't just simply scumbag leaders. It's scumbag population. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah. and so, what you know, what can you, what can you do about? It? And the answer is, well, just like you know, just like uh, you know, Dewey Tucker was saying, you had the Black Death, which was to, you know, Yahweh's way of cleaning out, clearing out the trash. Every nation out. deserves the government it has. I think that was the way Thomas yeah. Paine put it. Yeah. Who was an atheist, but he did understand, you know. You basically you get uh, you get what you deserve. Yeah, you get what you deserve, mm-hmm. and so you know, and that is that is what we are heading for now. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm look yeah, I'm looking at James. I'm looking at you know James Lawrence here. Uh, I, I go <coughs> I go ahead I go ahead and help John Britton. I help his I help his daughter. I help him. I help his relatives, and you know, pretty well. Pretty well. What it boiled down to is he was just simply—he was just simply someone who really doesn't live for his, you know, especially on his own accomplishments. He, it has to be for his uncle Newman, you know, not for his father, but for his uncle Newman. And maybe yeah. uncle Newman is quite a man, but on the other hand. I mean, it's just, yeah. I really, I really, he came to me, he wanted something, and like I said here, you know, uh, know, I got him 110,000, I was going to try to maybe give him another 110,000, or maybe not, maybe it wouldn't have been possible, but we would have tried. And he was willing to sell for 50,000, and I I got him 110, I enabled him to keep that 110. And he goes through, he goes through it in five months. Hundred ten thousand dollars. Now, to say, John, John, you whine that you don't have any, you know, that you're getting older, that your back's broken in three places, that it just, you know, it hurts you to go buy a helicopter for over what an hour, ten minutes, something like that, and essentially, you have to worry that there's younger men in better shape than you. And the jobs are scarce, and you get the, you get this job, and you get hundred ten thousand, to where essentially, if you just simply keep that money and stay home, you can save it. Or you know, if you're worried about your third daughter marrying, you know, essentially screwing beaners, go buy some ten thousand dollar place in West River, South Dakota, or North Dakota. You know, if you want to drive a truck or something like that. I mean, essentially, you can you can 
make that money last, essentially, will be at your nest egg. So essentially, he, oh, I saved, I saved $50,000. I bought my wife an $87,000, you know, diesel Volkswagen for 35000 No, I don't know whether $35,000. I don't know whether people like him just lose track of the money or don't know how much they really have or whatever it is. You know, I knew a guy who won a million dollars in the lottery, and within three months he had $300,000 left, and his wife took it and fucked off with his last three hundred grand. Like he was buying two Corvettes at a time, take it out, drive around, take one of them out, drive around drunk, smash it all up, and then just drive it out in the middle of a field and light it on fire, you know, just like a big joke. And, of course, the insurance wouldn't pay the money. Well, there's like a hundred grand right there. He'd buy two or three snowmobiles. He could never buy one at a time, you know, because he always had to buy one for his friends, too. You know, and he went through, like, uh, three-quarters of a million dollars in three months. He's back working at his old crappy job again. I mean, that's that's what what gets me, is that shit. Well, I told him, I said, and he got mad by it. I said, shit, if I I got $110,000 at the end of, what, three years, I'd have $150,000. Hundred fifteen thousand of it left. You know that's yeah, like, exaggeration, but not much here. When I you mean, got all that money sitting in the bank, and all you got to do is like just sit at home and eat. That's really all you have to do. I mean, like, what's that? A hundred dollars a week? I mean, you can live for the rest of your life on it if you wanted to. If yeah. you didn't go stupid, but uh, people obviously do. Well, I have, I have all this. I have all this. Property and you know my brother said, well you're worth you're worth uh, you know paper you know millions of dollars and okay but the problem of it is is who do I leave it to because they sell sell my grandchildren and I don't know what shape they're in yeah I mean essentially they stole my future so you know all all I really want to do is destroy their future I mean. You know, I, I I think that you know, you know pretty well. As I look at it here, these these evil people need to die. You know, and I, I I mean every every morning I thank Yahweh, and then I ask for the grandchildren to come back or you know be brought back, and then I essentially I you know I pray that evil people that they be that they be destroyed. You know, and you know, you know, creatures like this Brian Real and this William Fink and this Eli James. I mean, Jews and Mongols. I mean, shoot, you know, they shouldn't even be allowed to live among us. I mean, you know, shoot, you, you go ahead, and there's there's no there's no plus side. There's nothing plus about them. They will. I mean, essentially, they're just animals, but they're dangerous animals. And what you have is that you have a society which allows them to run wild. And you know, no, I mean part of it. You know, part of it. You know, I sometimes imagine old Brian Real going methoid, like you said once in one Skype conversation, and shooting up. You know, shooting up a uh, elementary school and mentor. Go ahead, kill some of the little fellow Mongols. But you know what to do here. You know. You know what I mean? it- it wouldn't be that way if it was a country full of white people, though. Countries full of white people don't have problems like that, you know. You know, it's like trying to give give freedom to people, you know, and everybody, oh, everybody should have 
equal freedom under the law and all that. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't even believe that anymore. You give a nigger freedom, and what's he going to do? He's going to go out and smoke a, a half a bale of dope, and then he's going to look for some white girl to rape. You, you take a, give it to a spick, well, that's what his spick's going to do with the freedom, except he's going to rape a 12-year-old girl. You give a Jew, he's going to steal your pension fund. That's what he's going to use your, his freedom for. The only people who can handle it are white people. They're the only people who are responsible enough, who are, have any of the milk of human kindness to uh, use it reasonably and responsibly. Given freedom to all these other uh, subhumans, it just, it's, it's going to end up in disaster, which, it, I mean, essentially it has. You look at the United States, it's all kiked out, it's totally destroyed, lawless. And, I mean, that's not white people that have done that. That's all Jew boys but, and but niggers and... It's white people who have allowed it to happen, though. They have allowed it to happen, though, yeah. Because we're naive. We think that, uh, that these animals are like us. We've been conned into believing that. Or that there, there is, you know, I, I remember reading old Martin, listening to Martin Luther King, and he believed there was a blank check. A blank check. Well, maybe in 1963, maybe in 1964, there was. But no more. No. I mean, no. white people. White people have less and less and less ability to essentially take care of their own children. Much less, you know, much less pay the taxes. I mean, you have what, close to eight billion critters, and you're seeing what happens when they are allowed to go to Germany or go allowed to go to Sweden. And the, the 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 answer is that hey the uh, the white goose that lays the golden eggs is is essentially kaput. It's pretty well done for. Yeah. You know what I mean, you know, and I hear the odd uh, idiot every you know, now I, and again. It's I, telling I, me, well, you don't like it here. Go to Europe. Well, Europe's just as full of packies and niggers now, is it? Like there is no going anywhere now. You can't go home because there is no home. Doesn't exist well, anywhere. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. No. It, it's been, it's essentially been essentially destroyed, and then you end up having these Jews and these Wiggers and these Mongols thinking, well, hey, I can get, I can get the ability to go out somewhere as a rich American. Well, no. Uh, essentially, uh, once they know that you're a, quote, rich American, if you do have anything, they're going to take it from you. They're not yeah. going to allow you to keep it. So, uh, no, you you end up you end up having that sort of thing happen. It's just a, I don't know, in this bow moment, you you end up having somebody who looks like Andre the Nigger. Now, don't anybody say this critter doesn't look white? Yes, so Ben Packy shake. All right, I logged in. I logged in to Fink's show, and Fink was with Meerkat Mark and uh, Clint Downey. And I guess they were out to where they couldn't really have a good internet connection. So as a result, they couldn't get on Top Shoe. And me and uh, Carb Hunter and a few other Nimbus guitars, we were having fun. I was having fun with uh, Packy Savage. You know, Packy <laughs> Longstang showed up. And uh, you know, usually when, Essentially, when you don't have anybody who's able to go ahead and block you here, these mamsers, they just sort of sit like little sheep here while you're insulting them. You know what I mean? They don't know yeah. what to say. They're, 
but you're not very nice. Yeah, no, I'm not very nice, you damn Mongol. You know, uh, I hear you're from Bristol, but you know, I, I bet you're really from Rotherham here. You're the Rotherham Botherham, you know, Packy here. But uh, yeah. Eventually, after about 18, 19 minutes, old Melissa managed to come in, and she shut the show down, and she blocked, she banned everybody, uh, <laughs> yeah. which was which was hilarious here. But, uh, oh, what, it, what the heck am I thinking of? Uh, you had uh, you had old Uncle Tom Zogpin, and he's supposedly vice president or what, uh, Boob Shittaker? of the American Freedom Party? Well, I guess freedom is essentially censoring people, white people who disagree with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I, if I get time, I'm, I'll go ahead and have my own webpage and I'll trash out them targets. But mm. in any case here, well, it's nearly 2 o'clock. Yeah, I think I, I think need I'm to get to go to sleep, too. Oh, I got a cold right now. Yeah, it's about what four. You know, the show's been on for about four and a half hours, and you saved yeah. it after an hour and a half. Like I mean, three o'clock. I was about. I was. I was halfway asleep. Yeah. And you know, let me let me say is that you're far more intelligent than Russ Walker, although that's not saying much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I I. I you know, James Lawrence is trying to behave pretty good, but you're you're still saner than James Lawrence here. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I so. forward, and you're a little bit more focused than Long Island Brian. So uh you know, I, I like to I like to thank you for calling in and saving you know, saving uh the show or adding another hour to it. I mean this was essentially this was a conversation here. Uh you uh, and I will I will do my monologue. I'll do my monologue, and then I sort of run out of steam. And then the second segment here isn't quite as focused here. And I'm dealing with them buster cars. And oh heck, I was, I was, I was literally sort of halfway falling asleep here while I was saying stuff. And then when I woke up here, why? I mean, so anyway, I like to thank you for saving the show. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Mark. Uh, Cornelio Condreno. Yeah, always a pleasure. Is that, is that, uh, that, you're a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> i got to say that. Uh, you must have read well, every book in the library there in, uh, in Granby and then some, I can imagine. I did. I used to enjoy reading encyclopedias. I used to, while they were yapping uh, at the Worldwide Church, God, I would read sections of the Bible I liked. Uh, I would, uh, well, essentially, I, I really, I really, did like learning for its own sake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Always kind and, of the same way. Yeah. And I never so, really never really was interested in much of the stuff they taught in school, but I you know, you I know, had other things that I was interested in. I just I, wish I, I would have found to, one when I was there. I I try to tell this you know, I mean I remember arguing with a little future teacher that I thought school should be essentially a means of testing out a means of testing out uh, to where it should be actually testing how much you have learned. And I have said is that the school system is a failure. It's designed to be a failure. Uh, essentially, I don't believe the taxpayer should pay for over three, maybe four years of basic education, basic reading, writing, you know, mathematics, a little bit of science, 
maybe a little bit of the world we live in now, but I don't believe I don't believe that I don't believe that we should pay for essentially for the stuff we get now. And this was way back in 1972. Uh, Since then, then it has gotten worse and worse and worse. And essentially education is, okay, we'll talk about, you know, sodomy. We'll talk about how to roll a condom over a banana. We'll talk about, I mean, is this really something that the taxpayers should pay and the children should learn? The answer is no. That's funny. That's funny you you mentioned that, Martin, because I was over at uh, Carlos Porter's site once. He's the guy who does all the Nuremberg documents. I don't know whether you've ever been over there or not. I've heard heard of him here. Yeah, he he, he, he wrote a little piece once on, uh, on, uh, oh, he lives in Belgium or some damn place like that, and he lives like, uh, I don't know, like right down the street from some big World War I uh, battlefield there, you know, the Somme or something like that. And he says his two daughters, they've never been there, don't know anything about it, and yet they've both been to, uh, they've been to Auschwitz twice, and they know how to roll condoms on bananas. He says that's all they've taught him in school. He says the same thing, and he's got like this huge World War One historical site sitting, you know, two miles down the road from his house, and they've never been there, don't know anything about it. <coughs> that's the school well, system. Well, I mean, I, I have pointed out, I have pointed out is that really, if there's a matter of a high-quality population, we would not need to be in the Middle East. We would, we would essentially make our gasoline and diesel from our high-quality coal solution, and then we would use the thorium salts, which come from that, to create a uh, essentially a thorium you know, nuclear reactor to where if you don't need it, you can just shut the dang thing off. You don't need to have – the whole purpose of a light water reactor was to also build uranium-235 and plutonium-240 nuclear weapons. That was a steal. And so, you know, you end up having this Jew named Hyman Rickover who, you know, created a nuclear navy, but the whole purpose was to create these – essentially these – nuclear power plants which required you know required water to go around these hot cores and they worked yeah. on thorium ones and essentially China's working on them and in many cases you can use that coal and you can create diesel and gasoline from the coal you know if you want to yeah and, and so that's what it all boils down to you know you could, anything you and everything that. Anything and everything will be possible when white people are finally running the place, and until that happens, it's just going to be one shit sandwich after another, shoved into one our mouths by the Jew. That's another. what it boils down to. And what you have now is that you have to where white people are not even allowed to live in their own countries without these creatures coming over, and... You know, I mean, the people who bring them over, they have no intention of allowing them to live in their gated communities or anything like that. But they have the notion that they will remain in power, you know, to do this evil. And, you know, be, I mean, the only, way, the only way to save it, as I look at it, is essentially let 90% be 
90% of the creatures in the Zog land, including the Uyghurs, die as a result of their own stupidity. And that, that's, that's why in my show here, I, I talk about how the situation is hopeless, but it's not really serious. It, it is hopeless. Uh, like the general, German general staff said, our, our job is to make, take a situation which is hopeless and make it, you know, turn into being serious. And they yeah. came close to winning World War One, but here come the Americans, and, you know, pretty well the uh, socialists, they, you know, and the Jews, they, you know, they stabbed Germany in the back, like Adolf Hitler said or believed. And so as a result, uh, they, the Germans had to eat shit sandwiches, and they were stronger as a result of it. But they were outnumbered 10 to 1, and eventually, yes, they were conquered. And I point out, I, you know, I point out is that Robert E. Lee was essentially a loser. He wasn't meant to win, and Adolf Hitler was not meant to win. It was to bring us into the situation we have today. Yeah, uh, and you may be right about that, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So, in any case, uh, there is, you know, I, you know, I do think, you know, you know I, I pointed out our, our movement. I mean, Jews like Linder, niggers like Andre the Nigger, uh, Savan Pakishang, Jews like Fink and Eli James, and Mongols like Brian Leo, and all these critters here, uh, other Mongols like John Britton. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't accomplish anything with these creatures at all. And so as a result... What you know, what the message should be is to talk to those people who are out there who know that things are bad and tell them that really they can't do anything about this situation right now. Uh, I made a I, I did a video and I was explaining that if you are a white nationalist propagandist, how dare you badmouth Dylan Roof? How, ba- yeah. how dare you badmouth you know even though. You know, I mean, if I could have talked to the kid and knew what he was going to do, I said, don't do it. You know, why, why throw away your life here? But now that you have thrown your, way, you know, your, your life away, there is no sense in you pleading guilty for a life sentence because your life, your life is going to be hell. You're far better off, you're far better off chancing riding the needle 20, 30 years down the line if, if. You know, if Zog lasts that long, yeah, I think yeah. you'll have the best of the public pretenders, and they will, well, essentially, they'll go through the motions here. But hell, even when Trader Glenn Miller, he wants to have a trial, and essentially it takes him 18 months to get one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he yeah. deliberately loses it, you know, like he planned here. You know, because well, yeah. he was meant to lose here. So no, I mean, if you are serious, if you are serious, and the bowel movement is not serious, it's just filled with idiots, it's just filled with liars, it's filled with Jews and Mongols. And what I urge people to do is save your money, save your life, save your time, and essentially rely on Yahweh and rely on yourself. And pretty well, that's my message. It's not really a, great, a message of great hope. Because essentially the situation is hopeless. You have to wait and try to survive until the situation is serious to when you can do something about it. 
Yeah, I I actually, you know, when you explain it that way, I kind of don't, I wouldn't really argue with you about that. Yeah, I'll wait for the right time, for certain. But uh, there's a certain thing to be said for pushing the time or making the time to, you know. Well, when you have, when you have, when you have a chance to cause mischief or cause trouble, and I've done a lot of it in Missouri, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah. still do it by pointing out is how dare you say that we have elections when you don't allow anybody who, you know, essentially was constitutionally uh, allowed to run. You will not allow them to run because, hey, you have no intention of allowing white people or someone who is for white people to run on the grounds yeah. of their races here. I mean, essentially, you do not have you do not have a constitutional republic here. What you have is that you have a dying oligarchy or kleptocracy or whatever. It's not for real. It is not legitimate. It is not valid. And since you don't have the the actual consent of the people generated through at least the pretense of having open, free, fair, honest elections, then as a result, anybody who has the ability to seek, you know, to take power and to or to destroy the current, you know, the current order. Well, hey, you don't have any, you don't have any legitimacy. And it's sort of like Augustus Caesar said. He said the ruling Rome was sort of like grabbing a wolf by the ears. You couldn't ever turn loose in power because the wolf would turn and rend you if you didn't maintain attention on both ears. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, anyway, i got to hit the road here, Martin. Yeah, I'll let you go here. You have a good one. I will uh, speak to you again. Thanks. Good night to you and the guys in the chat room. All right, folks. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and call it night. I'm going to go ahead and call it night, and I'm going to go ahead and say, Hail Victory, and Yahweh bless, and good night. And thank you. you know, thank uh, Cornelio Congreno from Canada for saving what? For bringing, uh, oh, you know, about two hours show that you guys wouldn't have had. White men clad in black are we, hi-yi-yo-ho, and we'll stamp out drug tyranny, hi-yi-yo-ho. White men go, we vote ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho, on the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. When Adam Dell and this man, Kerry Lay Ice, oh, who 
was there the ruling man cheerily eyes white men go we vote ho on the city roof let the red cock crow white men go civil war ho on the courthouse walls let red blood flow when oh, white men their rifles shoot, the Jews are laid low. On struggling next we stomp our boots, the Sam Stout got low. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. The regime of solely love is great. Hi-yah-yah-ho. The love of God our only need. Hi-yah-yah-ho. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. We'll conquer for our causes right. Hi-yah-yah-ho. Our sons won't have to go and fight. Hi-yah-yah-ho. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. Anyway, go say hail victory, and Yahweh bless, and good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.